So the thing about the having the extra camera, mm -hmm. I downloaded the app. It's called Droid Cam. It allows me to just plug it in and use it as a webcam. Yes. So I just returned a inexpensive 4K webcam that I bought that looked like crap from the moment I pulled it out of the mm -hmm. box. I was actually worried that it was like a Chinese knockoff, right? Because I watched an unboxing of of the actual thing, mm -hmm. and the packaging didn't look the same. Uh, Some of the other stuff didn't look the same, and it never looked good, ever. Yeah. Like no matter what I did, I mean, maybe if I had like huge like light panels and all this other stuff, like maybe it would have right. finally found enough lighting. But like changing all the settings, and the funny thing is, I did a video on this for the patrons that uh, I compared that camera to the logitech i already had to my phone as the webcam mm -hmm. and it was ridiculously bad how 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 uh, it was outrageous that it was that bad and like i said it was inexpensive right so i think it was like 65 dollars and it's supposed to be like one of the top rated ones from 2023 and i'm like uh, no no not even for that price so I, I literally just returned it it was one of the errands i was i was running on uh Following, I need to get here. Um, so either way, I've got this literally right in my face balls. It's okay. <laughs> so um, either way, I don't know. We'll just we're just gonna wing it today. All right. That's what we're gonna do. So guys, welcome back to the Now You Made It Awkward podcast, episode eighty-one. So uh, it's been a, a week or so, week and a half since uh, the last episode came out. Um, just couldn't wrangle anybody to to uh, manage the comeback. And uh, I just realized one of the faults of filming the way I am, I needed access to my phone to read a thing. Oh, so, uh, whoops. So uh, I am recording this using my two different cell phones to get a little bit of footage of me and James here, who's visiting. Wave, Hi. Wave, wave to the fine patrons who are also seeing my kitchen in the background there. So actually, this is the first uh, podcast uh, done in the kitchen here. Uh, so this is in the kitchen. Now you made it awkward. So we're combining all the showkey stuff into one thing. It's everything and the kitchen too. Now you made a kitchen. Yeah. There you go. Actually, that wouldn't be a bad title for like a little restaurant. Now you made it. Now you've made a kitchen. Yeah. So you actually, you make your own food. I mean, some people are going to be lazy and not want to do this. Some people I, would pay for that and then you'd kind of think if you're going to go make your own food. Why am I going to a restaurant? Going to a restaurant, but it seems like something our society would... Well, why do I bag my own groceries? Oh, that's true. And now at the uh, Circle K by my work, they actually have a like a ridiculous self-checkout thing where you don't even scan anything. You just put it on the thing. It somehow recognizes it, and you just put your card in. Yeah, I've seen that too. That's a... Extreme backfiring. Yep. So the glories of uh, being here in the kitchen, uh, you get to hear all the background noise. Mm -hmm. so, actually, it would still be audible was the word I'm looking for. I was going to say visible, but no. Audible if we were in the Shoki Cave, which is not uh, set up to accommodate two people sitting in there just mm -hmm. yet. But uh, actually, um, I think you might have talked about it the other night at men's group, you know, uh, with uh, people needing help with stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm probably going to need somebody soon who can help me haul some uh, uh, 4x8 sheets of uh, foam so I can uh, foam yeah like the foam board like foam insulation board okay so I need to block off that window in there and I have this wherever it is on the floor over here a block of uh, ins uh, sound foam okay yeah, the ripple right stuff. and I bought that when we moved in actually before we moved in mm -hmm. and I was planning on blocking off that window having a nice sound reflective thing and 
finishing the display that's unfinished in there. Yeah. So I just need someone who has the ability to help me move that. So I'll be reaching out at some point in the men's group. Yeah. So, uh, guys, if you are unfamiliar with the podcast, of course, and we usually talk about uh, nerdy stuff or pop culture stuff or just whatever's going on for the day. Uh, James has been here before on one of the more entertaining episodes, uh, at least for me. Um, where we discussed uh, God and nerd culture, basically, yeah. at the same time, which I thought was actually fairly well enlightening, because you told me some things I didn't even know about the Bible. <laughs> um, which, as as uh, basically my pastor, it be, it's good to have you have that ability, because yeah. <laughs> if you didn't, I would be a little worried. Yeah, or you would just be unusually uh, Bible smart. I mean, that, I'm not sure that's ever going to happen, realistically. <laughs> um, as like, well, stick with me, kid. We'll get there. Sure. And then you're going to have to get to the uh, don't get cocky kid. That's right. Um, eventually. Um, so either way, uh, you want to give yourself a little intro for all the things you do now? Since since things have slightly changed since the last time you were here. Uh, nothing's really changed. I do the same thing I did before, which is I'm pastoring a church. And um, I guess we do, uh, we're having our services now. So it's a brand new church. And, you know, churches all start somewhere. So we started in these groups, which is where I met you, and now we're now we're having what we call preview services. Yep. And uh, our next one's actually going to be in a movie theater. I'm really excited about that. Um, yeah, we have reclining chairs, so I'm curious how many people will fall asleep during the service. Uh, Jessica. Okay, 100%. cool. I mean, it, because but my deal is like if you're going to sleep in church, you might as well do it like in a big comfy recliner. Are we gonna are we gonna like put up like beforehand? Are we just gonna do like a preview screening of the um, crucifixion part of the Passion, just to get everybody just, fired, just up? to get them amped up? Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. for church on Sunday morning. Yeah, we we probably get slapped with all kinds of copyright infringement laws. Why would we be playing a movie in a movie theater? Well, I mean that's true, but uh, nobody paid. I guess technically it would be like, hey, we need everybody to give an offering. That way, oh, we can say you paid to see this. Yeah, I mean right. realistically, yeah, yeah that way that. But either way, uh, yeah, so the two preview services we have done have been in a cool place called The Church Project here yeah. in Conroe. Um, and that's cool. That's a neat little place. It reminds me of where I first started going to church. Mm -hmm. uh, well, not first, I should say. Uh, the second thing that I got into when going into church, when it was more uh, mainstream to have like a cool youth area. Yeah. It was a place here. It was associated to a church called, um, was that? Christ the King. So it was it was a spinoff of Christ the King, and then I think it became associated to the Ark eventually. Hmm. Um, and it was called uh, Flood Zone. So, oh, okay, so yeah, it was from the Ark. Flood Zone. Uh, makes sense. So, and that was literally like a a youth group nightclub for on Wednesday night. You know, yeah. They had a really big band and all this other stuff, and the... The leader was uh, a young, hip dude with spiky hair because it was 1997. You know, we all had spiky hair back then. Well, not, maybe not. Um, all of us cool ones did. Well, you know, I always kept my hair fairly short. <laughs> and then when I decided to grow my hair out is when most of it was gone. Mm. So um, I'm just covering for the, for the lack thereof. Um, but either way, so it kind of reminds me of that, especially with the kind of the piece together feel mm -hmm. and like stuck in a shopping center is right. literally what what it was. So it's like kind of was bringing back memories and like how there's like the almost like a coffee corner sort of and lounge area. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is like hardcore. Like what I, when I started into my original journey into Christ or following God, however mm -hmm. you want to call it, um, 
back then is very similar. I was like, this is this is weird. It's like, how did I end up here? Again? Hmm. It's like, start over. Go back. Go back to when you're 16. Yeah. Um, because the original church I was going to, which I went to for a really long time with my girlfriend, um, you know, eventually became involved with that church. Um, for, I don't know. I think it was just became a trendy thing to try this other place out. And I guess because we broke up, I needed a new church to go to. And my friends were going there. So, you know, it's kind of awkward when you and your girlfriend go to the same church and then you break up for the third time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, junior year is what it is. Yeah. Um, I had a, uh, I, I dated, a, well, I say dated, like, I, I had a, I'll say I had a childhood sweetheart when I was, I guess I would have been 10 years old. And um, my dad is a pastor and he had taken a church. He's still there. He's been there since 1989. Oh. And um, so anyways, in 1989, I met this girl. So I guess I would have been nine years old. Um, I, I lied to her and I told her I was 10 because I needed to seem like I was a much older man, just in case she liked older men, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, so anyways, I told her that uh, I was 10 and, and uh, we sort of dated as, as nine-year-olds do, which is to say that when we were there, we were kind of just together. And But as we grew older, um, you know, we did actually start dating and um, so I was with this girl essentially from about nine years old up until it was time for me to go to college, which was 18 years old. And um, so you had a nine year relationship graduating high school. Correct. Wow. Yeah. And uh, the, and then you know, you're talking about being awkward of being in the same church. I had a nine year relationship with this girl. I went off to Bible college. So I went from Texas to Missouri and um, met my wife on day one while I was still dating this other girl of, of, I mean, of a nine-year relationship so um, yeah that was awkward when I when I came back and and so I mean, what it was awkward because you married her while you were there that's the weird part well yeah so so what happened was that we were dating I started dating my wife while I was also dating this other girl long distance, like and, I, and, I, and like 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 a good man does, and um, luckily they were both named Shelly, so I didn't have to no. worry about yeah they were both no. named Shelly, and I didn't have to worry about mixing up their names. And there no. were times where I would call on the phone, and I would be like, "Oh hey Shelly," and then I'd panic because in my brain I was thinking of the other one, and I'd panic like, "Oh my gosh, I just blew it." And then I'd realize they have the same name, and I'd be like, "Oh, it's okay. You're good." Uh, it's all good. <laughs> so anyway, so we, so I, but I, so I started dating my wife, but I didn't, I think, really fall in love and think, "Oh man, I think this is the one," okay. until the beginning of the second semester. Oh, I was gonna say until the next nine years. Or well, the beginning of the, the second semester, I was like, I was like, oh, I think this might be the girl I'm supposed to be with, like for the rest of my life. And so, so I told her, I, I told her, like, hey. uh, you can hate me and never see me again, but this is this is the honest truth. Like I, I have had a girlfriend. I've had a girlfriend since I was nine. Uh, I was supposed to marry this girl. Everybody thought we were for sure getting married, but I, I don't think so. I think it's supposed to be you. And she was hurt, but she was like, "All right, well, I mean, you're gonna break it off, right?" And I was like, "Yes," and I did. So I broke it off with the with the other Shelly over spring break, um, and then. Then we decided that we didn't want to go to that Bible college anymore. Um, it was a Baptist school. I was raised Baptist, but um, it was more of like, 
if you're not Baptist, you're you're nothing. You're you're yeah. you're on your way to hell probably because you're not one of us. And like my wife and I don't <laughs> think that way, and so it really just wasn't for us. So we agreed to break up, and and I told her like, and she told me because uh, she lived in Indiana and I lived in Texas, and we agreed we we agreed we didn't want to do a long distance relationship. And so we agreed to break up and she told me, you have to be my, whoever I marry, you have to be his best man. And if he doesn't like it, he can't marry me. And I was like, okay, well, I don't know how he'll feel about that, but all right. She's like, cause we're going to be best friends forever. I'm like, okay. Okay. So anyway, so we, we go our separate so ways. Why wouldn't you just be her maid of honor? Um, well, maybe why not? Right. I mean, um, so we we go so you could pull off a red dress i can pull off anything bro just give me a chance <laughs> um so we go all right we, we go our separate ways and uh and i'm realizing i can't live without her but before i realize that i start dating the old shelly again because i went back she's still there she forgave me yeah and I was like, you know, do you want to give it another go? And she's like, yes. So we do. And it's just like, uh, two weeks in. I'm like, no, this isn't it. This ain't, as as my as my son says, which means that's that's the this is the phrase of the quarter, I suppose, for this year. That ain't it. So yeah. I'm like, no, this isn't happening. So I called her up, and I'm like, look, I can't can't live without you. I, I need to just figure out a way to move up there. But so we so I did move up to Indiana. So that's how you ended up in Indiana. I moved up okay. to Indiana. I stayed in her grandmother's second story. Uh, her grandmother had a second story that they didn't use because, like, she was old and she doesn't go upstairs. And yeah. um, like, so that was like my that was like my side of the house, right? And um, anyways, uh, we got married and then moved <clears throat> back to Texas and go back to the church. And now I'm there with my wife Shelley at the church where other Shelly also attends and has for her entire life. And this isn't a big church. Yeah. Like a hundred is a really good and, Sunday. And which town? Where is this? Well, it's a, it was in a suburb of San Antonio. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it, I mean, a hundred is I was gonna a really say universal good... city probably. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Universal city. Okay. And uh, so I was so, going to say, it sounds like universal city. It is. Okay. So yeah, a hundred is a really good day. So, you know, we're, we're in very close proximity, but, Oddly enough, they became best friends, and then they... So now the Shelleys... So now the Shelleys are constantly talking about all of my foibles and everything that's hilarious about yeah. how stupid I am, or this I am, or that I am, and yeah. what, I would just walk away. I'd just be yeah. like, okay, you guys talk, yeah. so, uh, make so fun of me for the next hour, and... This episode's definitely a tale of two Shelleys. Yeah, a tale of yeah. two Shelleys. Yeah, but uh, if you had stopped earlier in your story, I'd have been like... Well, we've got good news for you today, Jim. <laughs> Come on, Come out. on out, Shelly. The the so this is so. There's a there's one more piece of that story that that I, I probably should have factored in at the time. The night before I go to Bible college, we're okay. sitting on Old Shelly's front porch. We're still dating. I have old Shelly. Old Shelly. Uh, well, that sounds bad. Well, I mean, you know, she's probably she's like probably like forty three now. Um, Shelly one. Old enough, Shelly right? prime. No, she's not Shelly Prime. No, she's, she was first, therefore she was Prime. Well, they spell their names differently, so she can be Shelly Prime, because she's Shelly with an E Prime, and my wife is Shelly with no E Prime. Um, but anyways, so she tells me, sitting on her front porch, like, she goes, I don't want to, she goes, I love you. I remember what she said, like it was yesterday. She goes, I love you. You hold my heart. Mm -hmm. You have no idea. That being said, I don't want to be a minister's wife. 
Well, I had known since I was eight years old I was going to be a minister. She had known since I was nine years old I was going to be a minister. Like, I had never hidden that. And I'm going off to Bible college to earn a degree so I can go be in the ministry. And she's like, I don't want to be a minister's wife. I'm like, what am I supposed to do with that information? So I think that's why, like, the first day I get there, I was open to the idea of, like, well, it's time to look for somebody else because yeah. she didn't want to be a minister's wife and I'm going to be a minister. Like, yeah. I, what am I? So I'm not, I'm not using that as an excuse for uh I, I for, do for not being a great a stand up guy so, in that situation, but so, but wait, did she end up marrying a James? No, she didn't end up marrying a James, but she did end up marrying a minister. Yeah, so that's so that's why I had to bring it back and say like she ended up marrying the guy. She ended up marrying the guy that ended up being my dad's um, youth pastor, and I don't he, he doesn't he's not still in the ministry, but he was he was in the ministry for like a long. I just thought that was funny. Like she immediately started dating a guy who was going into the ministry and was in ministry for several years. Yeah. He, he ended up getting like. Um, I don't know, some kind of illness or something. He he's he's still around, but like he was sick and he couldn't work and I think he still doesn't work. Like he, he stays oh. at home and helps raise the kids and she goes and works and whatever. But anyways, I just well, that was it, it is. And they were our good friends. That was the other thing is yeah. Um kinda after the initial awkwardness, which took about a year. Uh, it would do, yeah. yeah. It took about a year. But after that, like we were all really good friends. They came over to our house every every Sunday night and we were at their wedding and, and it was it was great. Were you her best man? No, no. See, I feel um, like that should have been the trade-off. Well, no. See, the thing is, is my wife was very forgiving. Old Shelly took a long time to come around. Well, and Old Shelly still owes me 20 bucks because she said I wouldn't marry New Shelly. And um, she, she bet me with a handshake. So, she said, I so bet you what's $20 the interest dollars on you won't marry her. Yeah, what's the interest? Because that was back in 2000. Yeah, so. that's been a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah she works at a bank. She can afford it. She knows well, numbers. Probably not she uses soon. my wife and I as examples of how not to invest. <laughs> <laughs> she, she teaches she teaches students like investing and stuff, and she uses us as examples of how not to invest. Because I told her like we'd go and we'd buy um, you know Star Wars toys, and we'd go and we'd buy. So when Lord of the Rings came out, we got all of the first run loader toys. And they're still in their boxes, and they're and they've all appreciated in value. Yeah. But we were like, you know, when we're in our seventies, these are going to be worth a lot of money because of what happened with the first run of Star Wars toys, those seventies yes. Star Wars toys. We yeah. were like, well, the same thing's going to happen for Lord of the Rings. I don't know that it won't, but I don't think it'll be quite Star not Wars in the level. same way. No. Won't be in the same way, but 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 they are just, better toys. But she, they are better toys. They're really cool. And uh, she, you've seen my Balrog up in my um, on top of my wife's dresser. But that one's really cool, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been a minute. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, but also uh, I'm gonna clip that. that. I'm cl I'm clipping that. Okay. You you've do. seen my Balrog. You've seen. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you can use this one better. You've seen my Balrog. Yeah. Um. Anyways. Uh. So yeah, it's she uses us as examples of how not to invest. I mean, yeah, but I mean, I would if she needs someone new. Um. <laughs> I've got I've got an entire room of sadness in there to show her. Mm. Um, At I, least you've got yours on display. Ours are all in cardboard boxes. True. I, do, I, I I'm not I'm not precious with my uh, with my collections to uh, make a Lord of the Rings uh, pun. But um, if, but if you um, and Jessica are ever blessed with a child, I have a feeling a lot of the stuff on display is going to go away after you. No, it'll be isolated, is what it will. Well, be. yeah, you say that because <laughs> no. So, so here here's the easy truth. That. So here's the easy truth about it. I know lots of friends who have families and have collections on mm -hmm. display. The easy way to do it is to isolate it from yeah, where the child will be. Stuff. Well, no, no, not even that. Just basically, hey, there's a door. 
We're just going to move anything that can be picked up and put in mouths that behind the door. That works until they're about eight or nine. And then that's when you have, along that path, you at least have to teach them the respect of things when it comes to that. There's a difference between toys, toys, and things that are not toys on display. Because one, there's expensive-ass statues in there. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's less expensive statues over here. Which, by the way, my Star Wars figures, I still haven't put away the Christmas Star Wars figures. Oh, that I see that. Um, yeah, see that. Yeah. Christmas all year long. Yeah, I've just been lazy because I've been, fo I was like, well, I want to say I've been focused on doing things in there because I haven't been. Um, but it's like, I t it took so long to get like the last seven figures I was trying to get in that line mm -hmm. that is like, it was after Christmas before the last four came. So I was like, I'm just going to leave them on display for a little bit. But then also I've got my Batman statues just kind of blocked off there mm -hmm. and the, the, uh, the thinker down there, the. All that kind of stuff. And I just got some new stuff in this Megatron that's sitting right here that just came in. So I did an unboxing on that the other day, but I haven't got to play with it yet. It's technically a model kit, mm -hmm. but it's all pre-painted and, okay. and looks gorgeous. Uh, so I've been waiting on to mess with that. Um, that would have been what I was doing today. Actually, I should have done it yesterday, mm -hmm. but then I decided to start the new Avatar, the last Airbender live uh, action series. Yeah. And? Um... Not yeah. so much. That's no. that's kind of been the sentiment that I've seen online. It's it's it is the best it's going to be, but they couldn't help themselves from editing the story mm -hmm. in stupid ways. Okay. So I'm only in episode two. Alright, so how would you compare it to One Piece? I assume you watched the I did not watch One Piece. Oh. So here's here's the thing. So here's the thing. I'm not I'm not a One Piece fan. But not because I don't like it. It's just that it's such an investment. If I had started it when it first started on uh, Four Kids TV here in the U.S., I'd probably be there'd be Luffy stuff everywhere. Right. Probably there'd be a Straw Hat flag, you know, somewhere. Um, instead, I have Power Rangers and other anime stuff instead. But um, I've heard that it's a good adaptation. It is. But. It is massively truncated because you can't do well, yeah, enough. Obviously. But they jump like They're not gonna make a thousand episodes of a live action. No, they won't. Yeah. No, it is a, it, it, it is very truncated, but I think in a I think in a very good way. I I said at the end of watching One Piece mm -hmm. live action yeah. that that was probably one of the best jobs I've ever seen of adapting an anime into a live action series. Yeah. Um the and so I was kind of hoping that would be the case with Airbender, but I heard that not so much. Okay, so I'm pausing. Okay. So back to the, the One Piece thing. Uh, so as you were saying, it was about one of the best live-action anime adaptations. I was, I was just hoping that the same thing would have been okay, the case so, for... So let me put it this way. The stuff they get right is exactly on point. It's nearly perfect. My biggest gripe with it is that, so one of the biggest episodes for building story and character in Avatar is the storm. Okay. It gives you the background on Zuko, and it gives you the background on Aang. And that is an amazing storm, and, and, it, and it links them together in the same situation in the modern episode. Mm -hmm. They give you Aang's background in the first five minutes of the show. They give you that whole setup for what happened to Aang and how he ends up frozen in ice mm -hmm. in the first five minutes. Completely ruining that story beat. Right. By the way, cheers. Oh, yeah. Cheers. Thank you for coming. Mm -hmm. 
always a good way to get to get me to go to anybody's house and just offer me some. Well, sort I mean, of I have lots of liquor that need to be drunk. <laughs> so the thing is, is that through so they're like the first episode's like almost an hour, mm-hmm. pretty much like right at an hour, and they get through the first two episodes of the show in that episode. Right, they cut out about ninety percent of the humor and cut out story beats that would build the characters together as a team. So in the first episode, when they when Aang gets unfrozen in the animated version, he immediately pops up and he sees Katara. Mm-hmm. And I think, I forget what he says to her, but it feels very uh, Anakin seeing um, Padme for the first time. Are you an angel? Uh, yeah, exactly. It's very much like that. But also, at no point in what they've shown so far for Aang is he a, acting like a kid. Mm-hmm. And he was super kitty. One of the things he does is he goes and uh, does penguin sledding. Yeah. In the first episode. And then he introduces Appa and shows him how to fly on him and stuff like that. And then they go back to the village and then all the revelation of the Avatar and all that stuff happens. In this, they cut all that. Mm -hmm. They take him unconscious back to the village. He wakes up very Back to the Future-esque instead. Mm -hmm. You know, his clothes are off. They were looking at his tattoos and stuff. They figure out he's an airbender. And then Grandma becomes the exposition machine. Um, Literally gives us the... The opening story crawl to every Avatar episode, mm-hmm. Grandma gives us that, okay. or Grand Grand gives us that. And then when Zuko shows up, which, by the way, the, the dude who's playing Zuko actually nearly gets the voice right, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the, as far as I can tell, all the casting is fantastic. Like, they did a good job on that. They got people who look like they're supposed to look. The costuming is great, except for the fact everything is too clean. It's like... I don't believe these people have been living in ice and snow their entire lives. Their costumes look perfect. Mm-hmm. That's unfortunate, you know. But uh, the bending looks great for the most part. Fire is a little weird. They do a lot of cutting away, but the actual fire bending is right on thing. They mm-hmm. actually got the movements correct. They got everything they got right is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But the thing that they they ignore is the story. And people want to watch a story, not flashy garbage on TV. Right. And they cut out the story parts. Right. So whenever it goes to Aang surrenders himself to Zuko and they take him away on the ship. So Katara and um, Sokka decide to go rescue him. Sokka is instantly not reticent about going with her. Mm-hmm. He, it's like he was really very much against Aang because he brought all this trouble to them. In this, he instantly flips and then he goes, well, we'll never catch up to in a rowboat. And so Katara says, well, I have an idea. And it immediately cuts to them flying away on Appa. Mm-hmm. Aang never showed them how to fly on Appa in this. Never gave him the command to fly. There was no, hey, what? Ha- I can't remember what's the command to get him to go. And they're mm-hmm. trying to guess and Appa won't do anything. All of that is character building and it builds the team. They At this point, it went so fast, they've got no real reason to go rescue Aang. Right. Other than just being good people. They don't care. It's like they care because he helped them and kept people from dying. But, like, the Fire Nation attacking their village to come find Aang was greatly minimized. The battle between Aang and, not Aang, Zuko and Sokka was greatly minimized to the point he didn't do the double bonk on the head mm-hmm. to, you know, really embarrass Sokka. Right. And they also, and I don't know, this had to have been one of these, we can't do that with a guy who looks like that. They got rid of the war paint. Hmm. That, like, indigenous war paint because they're, like, they worship wolves. So he, they put on war paint to look like wolves. He just goes out there normal face. 
because he's a white-ish dude. Right. They're like, we can't make him go out there with black with white on his face. It'll look like blackface. Right. And I'm like, except that that's part of the character and that's part of their tradition. It's part of what they do as a right. tribe. I was like, you don't cut that. It's like, it was so dumb. And then he didn't even use the boomerang. His boomerang is literally his thing. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't even throw it because that's part of the other humor was not only hit, uh, you know Zuko hitting him over the head with a stick and knocking him down, but he throws the boomerang, misses Zuko, and then it comes back and hits him in the head, knocking off the helmet and showing off the scars. Right. That's a big moment in the show. Completely cut. And Aang just surrenders after kicking some firebender butt real quick. Right. It's stupid. It's just like, it looks great. It's acted well. But they're cutting the story beats that mean something. And it seems like they wanted to develop more of the... So so if you hadn't seen the anime, do you feel like you would have enjoyed the show more because you wouldn't have known those pieces were missing? I'm going to have to find someone who has not seen it to get that opinion. Okay. Because... There's, I can't imagine what it's like to not have that in the lexicon of entertainment in right. my brain. Because it was, even though the show was out when I was in my late teens, early 20s, right. it is still an incredibly meaningful show. I can rewatch it at any given point. Mm-hmm. I tried to get the wife to watch it, but she won't watch cartoons because she right. says they're dumb. <laughs> I was like, Same. Ex- except that in this show, it's incredibly moving. It's about developing who you are as a person going beyond the means of what other people tell you what you're supposed to be and finding yourself. Like Zuko's storyline is one of the best written things in modern entertainment. And I have a feeling they're going to focus on him and sideline a lot of the other... Like Team Avatar, at least from some of the reviews I saw, Team Avatar themselves basically get their stuff truncated Mm -hmm. and they expand Zuko's stuff. I was like... This isn't the Zuko show. It's about Aang. Right. <laughs> it's like, what do you do? I mean, like, and I can forgive some of the other stuff, you know, like the preferences on actors because nobody's ever going to be good as Mako as Uncle Iroh. Mm-hmm. Like, but he's been dead for a really long time. So, right. and he was extremely old to begin with. But the guy playing him is the guy from The Mandalorian and a few other things. And he does a good job of imitating that character, at least from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. But like, wait, a lot, wait, which guy from Mandalorian? Uh, the 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 X-wing pilot, the the sheriff, or kind of sheriff guy that keeps popping up here and there. Okay. So he he originally tries to arrest Mando, and then he's the one who comes and gets him. When, oh yeah yeah, yeah 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 yeah. Okay. So that guy. Okay. But he's done up like Iroh. He's got the full beard and all that stuff, mm-hmm. the top knot, all mm-hmm. that. So they capture the feel of the show, but forgot to actually include the show. Right. <laughs> so it's it's so, it's a shame. With so with One Piece. Um, and I'm trying to recall, I just got into one, same reasons as you, Uh I wasn't going to get into one piece. Yeah. Um, first of all, if I see tons and tons of merchandise of anything at hot topic, I just automatically kind of write it off. I'm like, I'm not going to get into that. Why are you in hot topic? Uh, because I have teenage children. I'm just picking lot, you. Lot, lots of them. Um, we I, don't get to go to the mall without going I've, to hot topic. I've met, Although, I've met your children. I get it. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I've and actually, they're starting to not like Hot Topic either because it, Hot Topic used to be like a little hot, cooler than it is, and now well, it's like they don't even get the Hot Topic we grew up on. No, which was way cooler, way cooler. 
way yeah. cooler. You go, but anyways, there, you go in there to buy like the horrible demonic music that they don't sell anywhere else. They don't, and they don't play it anymore. Like, remember when you used to walk into Hot in Topic and, and all you could hear was, <laughs> and that's all you ever heard. And it was like all jaggedy and dark. Now you go in there and they're freaking playing Lady Gaga it's, and stuff. It's so. become. I think that Hot Topic has become like a combination of Spencer's and like Sunglass Hut. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I don't remember when I heard One Piece was coming out as a live action. Mm-hmm. I knew I was going to watch it because I'm always curious about live action remakes of animes. Yeah. Um, they're, and they're usually horrible. Usually. But, but, I, but I, I knew I was going to watch it. So... I think I started watching One Piece before the live action came out just so I could have a basis of comparison. But I don't think I made it very far in. I definitely didn't make it all the way to the point where the live action stops. So I watched the live action first, um, essentially. I think I just basically had enough knowledge to know who the characters were. Um, and And then I watched all the way through the live action. And then I started watching the anime to see how it compared and i yeah so that's the order in which i watched it mm-hmm. i don't know if i had watched the anime first would i have been really pissed off would i've been like oh they missed this they missed that but watching the live action first i didn't really know what i was missing yeah and so i was like oh well this was a really interesting story and so watching them like cram a whole bunch of stuff into just a few episodes yeah. that in the anime takes like I don't remember how many episodes. I like, think it's like I think it's like ninety episodes. Yeah, I was I was going to say ridiculous. seventy. So and that was just yeah. my ballpark. So you're probably right. Because um, I thought they did a really good job of leaving out the things that weren't that it, important. If that I recall, being said, One Piece has so much stuff that is not important. <laughs> like, oh, well, so much stuff that's it, not it, important. There, there, and the thing is, Oda doesn't treat any of it like filler, unlike other anime. Uh, otak- or uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, instead of takus, that's the wrong word. Mangakas. So Oda, the guy who created it, you know, he treats it all as canon. It's all yeah. here, all, all 1,200, 1,400, mm-hmm. however many chapters there are now. I know there's over 1,100 episodes uh, still running, which is insane. Right. But I mean, although t- they're going into their last arc. Hopefully. <laughs> it's a good lot. Can we get to the One Piece now, please? Right. Uh, I, I I did see a thing that was going to be a joke that Oda his for his final thing he's going to say that the the way to get to the final the final chapter is written but it's hidden somewhere on Earth and you have to find it hmm. so no, literally tur- making the final chapter into the One Piece right I was like oh God you're going to turn us all into manga pirates this is going to be <laughs> weird but um so I watched the I think all the way through the up until they fought Buggy in the original release on four kids. Mm-hmm. If I recall correctly, it was, they built the initial crew and then I think they at least fought buggy once. I don't know how many times I fought him. Ultimately. I know a lot about the oh, series. He's, he's a recurring character. Yeah. I, I, most of them, most of them are, but um, I, I've, I've noticed not a lot of people who are important die in one piece. Like it's most, and all the important ones do. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because the the really important uh, relational characters are the ones that end up dying. But uh, I don't think there's any other anime or manga that has a cast that's larger, that is concurrent. Yeah. Like, they don't care that they're bringing in, I think, something like 180 different named characters that are on screen and do things. Right. And, like, nobody else would do that. It's just Oda. Even Bleach said, hey, we got too many people. We're going to either kill off half of them or they're just not going to be a part of this next arc. So I have to ask you, are you a sub or dub guy? Uh, sub. 
Okay. So I'm a dub guy because I just don't have time to read all that mess. Um, I just like the acting better. My yeah. Well, and that's what my that's my yeah. kids are are sub people as well, and I totally get it. I totally sub get people. it. People sub people. Yeah, they're sub people. You're all sub people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, they're your sub people. No, I get. It. I'm a dub. I'm dub people. Um, and I don't blame you. I was too. Um, I just I don't like to me. I'm I'm <clears throat> such a visual guy. I don't like having to constantly bounce my eyes down. Yeah. I don't want to miss all the art and the detail and the, I don't like it. Yeah. So, so anyways, but this is what I've, and I don't know if it's the same way in the sub, you know, in the original yeah. language. Um, but the one thing about one piece that really drives me crazy, um, all of the villains have like this variant of this ridiculous laugh that no one on the planet earth has ever had no that's that's part of it and i yeah i didn't know if that was like part of the original language thing as well because yeah, i'm like well, why whose idea to- was this and then like they Oda. took the idea <laughs> and and they ran with it with like every other villain has yeah. this laugh of like <laughs> and i'm like nobody well, laughs well because the early why? the early villains are all significantly goofier right by the time you get to like kaido it's not like that. Yeah. You know, I mean, like you start getting into like the earth shattering villains versus the we're not up to that power level yet. Villains. Right. You know, at least in my experience and, you know, might be talking out of my ass, but it's also like Luffy himself, you know, has a very kiddie voice. True. Throughout the whole thing. And he's very not serious until he has to. Well, be. I mean, he has a I think the voice actor for him for. Well, I don't know about English. Yeah, for the English, for the English, English version, I think it's really appropriate. Like it, he sounds like a young teenage boy, which yeah, is how he's. But gone. he always sounds that way forever. Because as far as I know, he's voiced by a woman. Right. Like most young that makes male, sense. like Goku, Goku from Dragon Ball is still. I, I can't listen to this. I can't listen to the original language one. He sounds like a little old lady. And he I is a little old lady, and that's why it's great. It. I can't do it, dude. Masako is fantastic. I can't do it, dude. I'm she, not saying she's not an Amazon. I'm sure the, she is. But you know the insane part? She's legitimately like eighty. Because and yeah, she's no, still seen, doing it. I've it's seen, crazy. I've seen the pictures of her and everything, yeah. but I, you know, I she didn't. Sounds get, the same. It's I didn't weird. start on that, yeah. and so Neither I, did I. Lo- I loved the dubbed the guy who does dubbed Go- Goku. I love his voice. Yeah, Sean I think Schimmel. it's perfect for the character. Um, so then when I went back and and my kids are always dogging me like, oh, dad, you listen to the dubbed yeah. version, blah blah blah. So I go and I try and do the sub version, and like. I, I did three episodes. It's, and it's I'm like, abrupt. I, can't, I get it. I can't. Well, do it. now which part? Which part are you watching? Because that does matter. Uh that would have been, that would have been regular. Would that be in Z? I'm assuming. Yeah, it would have been Z. Okay, so at the beginning of Z. So I'll give you. So here's the weird part. There's, I think, there's technically four English dubs of early Z mm-hmm. before Funimation, more or less, kind of took over. Which, by the way, R.I.P. Funimation. They're done. Really? Yep, they're done completely. I think my son had mentioned something about that. Yeah, I think it was last week they announced that uh, Funimation as a company is kaput, hmm. unfortunately. Crunchyroll is basically absorbing all their assets, right? as far as I can tell. Because it did seem kind of pointless. Crunchyroll is like the Disney of anime. Basically, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, they're just a distribution thing. So, I mean, you know, because you can get anime through a lot everywhere else, realistically. It's just syndication deals at that point. But there are Crunchyroll-specific things. You know, they don't go out to other places. Right. Like, uh, here's the fun part, because I guess uh, whatever happened with Bleach in the past with Crunchyroll, new Bleach, the Thousand Year Blood War arc, mm-hmm. not available on Crunchyroll. Mm-hmm. They sent it to Hulu. Okay. Yeah, because they said, screw you. you I never got me into every. Bleach, so. Bleach is really good. However, it does have some of the worst filler, mm-hmm. like some of the worst filler that that is not canon. There's so much with non-canon filler, it's ridiculous. 
But uh, the, it also took a very, 15 years to get back around to making the anime, which also kind of hindered them a little bit. Sure. But going back to at least Dragon Ball, I grew up watching English Dragon Ball mm-hmm. as a kid. I only watched for the first arc because that's all they showed us. Then I picked up Z a few years later, and that was, I think, the original Ocean dub, which had uh, different actors mm-hmm. initially. That's why uh, Vegeta went to sounding like a nasally brat to sounding like uh, Chris Sabat instead. Mm. <laughs> Huge difference. Mm-hmm. Same thing for Piccolo. So, but the funny part is, like, if I'm going to do an English dub of Dragon Ball Z at this point, I'm not going with any official. I'm not going with Funimation. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going Dragon Ball abridged. Or, or Dragon Ball Z abridged. Mm-hmm. Because those guys have become my versions of the characters. Mm-hmm. Because th- here's the thing about English dubs. They have to translate a lot, and a lot of these things are not direct translate. Sure. They can't directly translate. But the problem is they start translating character, not just words. Right. Goku's, uh, especially Dragon Ball Super, because I'm I'm watching a guy react to Dragon Ball Super in English, and I'm like, I don't remember Goku saying that. It's like, that sounds weird. Mm -hmm. So I go back and I rewatch it in Japanese, and I'm like, oh, he didn't say that. Yeah. But it is a completely different connotation. Not different words, different connotation, different meaning entirely yeah. to the situation. Because Dragon Ball Super, yes, they fundamentally uh, make Goku back to just a dipshit fighter. But they make him a hero in the English dub. It's like, Goku's not a hero. He doesn't fancy himself with an ego like that. He just really likes to fight. He really likes to fight, and he cares about his friends and his people and where he lives. So he fights to defend people, and he fights because he wants to fight. English Goku wants to fight because he wants to be Superman. Right. And that's not who he is. No. And And never will be. No. And it's, it's just, it's a fundamental character change that I didn't know about until I started listening to the other version. Right. And yeah, I get the voices are weird. But it's to the point now, if I'm going to watch any new Dragon Ball, it's going to be dub. Yeah. Because I like the acting better in general. Because whenever you're, anytime you're getting the English dub of anything, they have to match lip flaps, which is incredibly difficult and staying within a script. And I mean, Sean Schimmel is a great Goku, but I think he should have, I think everybody who's been playing those characters all this time probably should have just handed it off to the next generation Hmm. by now. Especially if you're doing multi multi parts and stuff like that, but also there's a massive ego situation there because at one point at a uh, one of these anime conventions here in Texas, Team Four Star went to a Dragon Ball Z panel, mm-hmm. and Sean Schimmel and Chris Sabat were there, and somebody asked them a question about other people doing Goku. And Sean Schimmel, with the biggest ego ever, said, I'm the only Goku that matters, basically. Mm-hmm. It's like, if there's only one English official English Goku actor, and that's me. And that's all, well, it's not true, but, you know, because right. there was a guy before him right. uh, who sounded far more kiddie. But then he just had a huge ego about it. And with the Team Four Star guys right there filming mm-hmm. them, it's like, uh, no, we got people right here who, who play you as well. The people actually really like that version of Goku. Not necessarily the acting, but the version is more correct. Right. Even if they purposely make him dumber for comedic purposes, because that's the point. It's a comedy series. But they go deeper into the character than a normal parody series should. 
And that's why I, I prefer that at this yeah. point over over official English dubs because I think that they worked harder for it. And I think not to downplay the Sean Schimmel's screaming ability because he can scream like the best of them. Right. But I find it funnier that the 80-year-old Japanese lady is doing the same job. <laughs> and she does the screams and everything, too. It is so funny. If you were to, like, compare booth, like, filming them in the booth, mm-hmm. I wonder how funny it would, like, the difference of, like, how they... Yeah. yeah. It's like, she's probably... And then he's and what we've seen with Sean does not to downplay what they do. It's just it's not my preferred method anymore. I get the faster and easier because English, duh. Right. Because I watched, um, I, wa- I started watching Full Metal Alchemist in in English initially, but then they ran out of the English version. So my friend was giving me the subs mm-hmm. as he was downloading them week to week. So I was watching them that way, and I was just like, oh, this is easier. Hmm. And uh, something I've never talked about much here was the reason I prefer subs and it's easier for me is because my dad is fairly well deaf and had to have captions on the TV. So I grew up right with captions. Well, in this whole generation, like my kids watch everything with captions. My kids watch English things with captions. Yeah. And I don't know like that. Apparently that's a thing for, for everybody like under the age of 25 anymore. So that's weird. Uh, yeah, it is weird to me. And so like, because they annoy the heck out of me. Cause I'm like, you're taking away, you're taking a portion of my screen. Like oh, you can hear the what room, they're sure, yeah. like, you can hear what they're saying. So do we have to have these on? And now I've got it to where like, I'm always had, I always have the captions on. Yeah. Um, but so in going through so far, whatever one piece came out, the live action, uh, end um, of last year. Okay, so end of last year. I'm already almost up to episode 400 of One Piece on the anime. Yeah. So I'm creeping up on it. and Because they, they've dubbed I, virtually I ha- all of it. I yeah, I think I so. Think I don't think they're 100% up to current. But no, they're, they're, not, they're, not a, they're, they're not totally current, but I'm like so far behind what's current. So, like it so, doesn't really uh, matter to me. But I keep the subtitles on, yeah. and the subtitles are direct translations of the Japanese. Yeah. It's not direct translations of what they're saying on screen. Yes. So it's kind of cool because you can hear if, I, the if I see like on the bottom that I can tell that the words that are coming out of their mouth yeah. are are vastly different than what than the words I'm seeing typed out on the bottom, then I'll like glance down and read. See, and then I get context. to kind of see both. I get to see like, okay, this is how they're interpreting it in English, yeah. and this is how the original one was. Yeah. And so that's kind of cool. So, but I haven't seen any that I thought like really changed the meaning of things. Yeah, there are some that are very different. Yeah, but I'm like, but they're usually sort so, of inconsequential. What, what's interesting, at least in that in the translation sense, is sometimes there are words that have a similar meaning, mm-hmm. but not the same context in Japanese. So, like Ibo, that's kind of brother, partner. Like it, it's a very specific type of connection, but sometimes to fit it into English, we get bro. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like no, that right. that does, that's not exactly the same. Um, but basically, like male partner situation, right. like male to male buddy, you know, you know that that type of, of thing like that. And it's one of those weird context things that sometimes when you get it from the Japanese it doesn't translate right because they use an official word, so to speak, but it doesn't really fit the actual meaning of the thing, especially when they're making up words. Mm-hmm. Like you know, say when it's a show specific word and then they say it, but with a normal, just 
American accent is like that sounded weird, right? Like if you ever watch Naruto, uh, I, I do not. Okay, so and I, and so I won't. I only ever watched the Japanese only. Okay, and then I bought the game that when it first came out. It was kind of a free roaming mm-hmm. like GTA style, but built in the world. I tried playing it in English. Oh, I quit. I put it down. And then within a week, they released a Japanese dub for the English game. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, thank God. And I, all the character, all the voice acting, everything done in, in, in Japanese. I was like, oh, my God, that's so much better. Right. I was like, because like the voice acting is so weird. Yeah. It's so weird. It's interesting that, it, that all the English voice actors feel like, like any anime you watch. This is why my wife will not, will not watch anime. Yeah. Is because I only watch it in dub and so many of the characters are just voiced so obnoxiously yeah. and then I'll go and I'll it's watch true. and then I'll go and I'll watch, you know, the original language version. And I'm like, these people are not speaking in these horribly obnoxious tones. Yeah. They're just speaking in somewhat not, not all of them, but yeah. it's a far character more, voice. But far, yeah. It's a character voice, but I'm like, sometimes like the seriousness of the character yeah. doesn't, um, translate into why did you do it that way? Like yeah. why did you? And I feel what was like the directing there. Why I feel like character voice acting. And I know like some people would roast me for saying this, but I feel like character acting for anime in <laughs> America has to be one of the easiest jobs on the face of the planet. If you can do a goofy voice, it's like you're in. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand it. There's not a lot of acting that goes into it, and. um there's not a lot of nuance that goes into well, it. Well, that may not be fair because uh, well, some, I understand it might not be fair. Amazing. I'm not saying that's uh, that's for everybody. Obviously, now, I don't now if you're mean talking about dub, dub conversions, no, that's what I'm I would about. agree with you. No, that's exactly what. Yeah, I'm but talking if you're about. talking about just voiceover artists for dub conversions, no, 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 I no. would agree with you there. If you're talking yeah. about just straight up voice actors, like that's no, very no, 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 yeah. um, not voice, not not voice acting in general. I'm talking specifically about the dub overs, the dub overs. And the thing is, there are people who only do this, like. Uh, Johnny Young Bosch of Power Rangers fame mm-hmm. is so many main characters in anime. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy. And he's a good actor, but his voice doesn't necessarily fit. And, and that is kind of the thing. Like, if I hear English Ichigo versus Japanese Ichigo, I prefer just everything about the Japanese version, mm-hmm. even though I don't understand what he's saying. I mean, I've learned enough over time. It's funny. I've watched enough dubbed or a subbed anime at this point. It's not that I understand the words that are coming out of their mouths. I mean, some of them I do just mm-hmm. from hearing them for years now. Uh, I get the context without having to read. Because mm-hmm. I'll be, I'll catch myself. I'm doing something, but I've got a show on in, in Japanese. And I feel like I didn't miss anything. I was like, I'm just, and I came in here. I started cooking something and it's just playing. And, and I'm just listening and I'm like. I was like, technically, I don't know what they said, mm-hmm. but I know what they said. It's like, I know what happened while I was away. And I was like, I was like, it's not like I'm direct translating or anything else like that. I've never been remotely fluent in other languages. Yeah. You know, if I can read it, that's another story. Right. But good luck reading kanji. You know, <laughs> right. it's like if you're anything, anything of the of the English world or the romantic languages. Yeah. Good luck reading anything uh, in a uh is it not symbolic language? I forgot what it is. Either way, character-based language right. like that. So, um, by the way, what did you think of the the yellow? Oh, spot? I really liked it. Um, that yeah. was very pleasant. Yeah, that's a good. I, one. I, you know, I. 
It's one of those things where you know you only have so much room for something in your life. Yeah. Um, I'm a bourbon collector, and so I have a large... I, I haven't counted my bottles lately, but it's... This, this is probably small for some people, and other people would be like, oh, Jesus, the guy's an alcoholic. But I, I probably have like 130, 140 yeah. bottles of bourbon. Um, it's okay. I know guys who have like hundreds. Well, right. I, I mean, yeah. my, it's absurd. Yeah. I have a very good friend at, at our, from our sending church that like his, his collection dwarfs mine, makes it look like it's nothing. He's so, probably in that club that I know a lot of people I know that are in. Probably. Yeah. Um, so anyway, That's a club. Um, he's actually the reason we meet at Copperhead because he's the one that turned me on to Copperhead. Okay. Then I know who he is more than likely. Yeah. Yeah. So I've probably um, met and talked to him. You probably have. Um, big South African dude talks like this. But anyways, um, oh, well, you might not know him. I might know him. <laughs> uh, anyways, really, really great guy. Um, but anyways, I would love to have both a scotch collection and a whiskey collection. But I'm like, I'm not starting a new collection right now. I just At least pare down the old one first. Right. Well, no, and I won't. I mean, the thing is, I, I actually drink so little. Yeah. It, it, it would probably take me a month to go through a bottle. And that's if I was trying really going at it yeah. right for me well, i mean you see the what little i have there yeah some of those bottles i've had for years oh it's yeah i mean most so of my bottles get through any of them most of my bottles you know yeah. i've had the, i mean that's the great thing about bourbon like it can sit there for 20 years and it's not really going to make that much of a difference yeah as so long as it's not in sunlight it's not yeah it's all yeah. in a dark cabinet or a dark closet so yeah. um but anyways so yeah I, I would love to have a great scotch collection i would love to have a great whiskey collection and i would really like to have a great tequila collection Speaking but, of which, you haven't cracked into any of tequila over there. That's true. If um, you'd like to try any, let me know. I have, but so what I do is instead I just go and I grab the tequilas, the whiskeys, and the scotches that I really, really love. Yeah, that you'll just, drink quickly. And I, and I just have those. Yeah. Um, and then that way, if anybody comes over and they're like, oh, I don't really like bourbon, I like this other stuff, I'm like, okay, well, I got yeah. you. This is a really good one. Yeah. Um, I've been trying to convert people onto tequila because once I was, I was like, yeah, why was I not drinking this all this time? Mm -hmm. It's like, whiskey's good. Don't get me wrong. I like a good bourbon. I want to say And I like vodka, but vodka serves a very specific purpose. I don't like so I only have one bottle and so I bought it because yeah. uh, again that's that's my modus operandi like I'll have I'll have one good bottle of something that I really like yeah. if it's not something that I collect so I have one well I have a mixer vodka which is like who cares um sure and then I have a but I have a sipping vodka yeah uh from a place called alchemy which is a mm -hmm. which is a <laughs> distillery in Zionsville Indiana and it is the only vodka that I've ever had that I thought, oh, I like that all by itself. By itself, yeah. Right. And so I bought a bottle and I still have and, it. You know, it's funny bringing that up. Uh, there, there is a vodka that I'm excited to get when it comes out. It's actually from uh, Burt Kreischer and Tom Segura. <laughs> so uh, I just, I can't imagine that. Like trusting the palates of those two men to really Bert, be like, oh, wow, well, this is a very Bert, fine vodka. <laughs> no, Bert has a very refined palate for okay. these things because he's right. a heavy drinker. So he well, actually I mean, knows what tastes good. That's kind of like the opposite of what I would but, consider to be well, a Well, here's the palate. funny thing is like you, you would think that. But you, like, I would think that. But also like Tom is not going to waste money on an investment he know he can't turn back. And yeah. he also wouldn't enjoy so he he's such a crazy businessman. Well, I'm, he won't spend a dime in that direction. I'm always I'm always down to try anything. I so, want I want to try your um, your Gus and Bruno before we get out of here. Oh, by all so means, I can believe me. See, that see is what not, was born out of Letterkenny. It's, it's which not I only, hitting by any means. Which I only know from clips on the internet, but very yeah. funny clips on the internet. I have a few of those. Yeah, here. 
on the so, wrong bank for sound, on so. the wrong bank so that it takes a while to get into them well if i just to be fair to be fair yeah to be fair that's the long one um which by the way the the guy who will be joining me on monday uh he uh Dresses up as Squirrely Dan oh, yeah. fairly often, so he's already a Letterkenny fan. And by the way, I wore the Gus and Brew shirt to mm-hmm. Copperhead last mm-hmm. night, and I found out that an old friend of mine, who I didn't even know was going to these trivia nights, mm-hmm. uh, has been watching Letterkenny for years. Oh, right. And I had like f- 10 people come up to me like, oh my God. I was like, where'd you get that? I was how's, like, how's the link? How did it go, by the way, trivia night? Oh, I, really, I really wanted to go. I was just, So I actually had oh, uh, uh, Tim and his wife came out. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So they they showed up late, so they came in at around four. Yeah, but uh, they thought it was seven thirty, but they were having issues with the kids. But either way, well, wait, they showed up at four and they were late. No, 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 no. no. I'm sorry, Hold on. they showed up at round four. At round four, I yes. thought you said sorry. they showed up around four and they were late. At I'm like, round who's four. getting together at a pub at four o'clock and they're late for trivia at a bar? Yeah, that's that was a, that, that was that was starting that bar. was uh, over speaking, I guess. So uh, round the first three rounds were actually really difficult mm-hmm. last night, and then like. Okay, so the first round. All right, think of a hard question, and we'll see if I knew it. Okay, so they weren't they weren't straight up just question. Well, there were, but so like there were topics for each round, right? Okay. And there's uh, there's seven rounds, eight questions or eight answers rather each. The first one was uh, figure out this song title and artist. However, it's been translated to Old English. Oh. So they give you a lyric in Old English, and you have to figure it out. Got you. That was not easy. And I got, and I was incredibly sure about one of them, and mm-hmm. I was way off, mm. way off. And then one of them, I got, I knew the right song, didn't know the title. So is that technically trivia? That's more like a party game. Well, it, there is trivia, trivia, but it's also like it's guess the guess the song by whatever. But the week before, what I thought was a lot of fun was they did the same thing, but they it was an audio round, and they played bardcore versions of songs. Okay, so. You know, like, yeah. and I already listened to Bardcore on the uh, YouTube channel mm-hmm. over on. It doesn't have to make sense on Friday nights mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. since I don't really promote that thing. By the way, guys, if you want to write into the show and ask any questions or anything else like that, you can do that at now you made it awkward mail at gmail.com, which is in the description down below. You can also follow me at all the Shoki related things in the description down below. And if you would like to support the channels, you can do so on the Patreon where they get an uncut video version of this podcast, which, uh, well, it's going to be a bit of a mess this week because I didn't hit the record button to initially start this. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the explanation for the audio <laughs> earlier. Yeah, so the audio is going to be really strange at the beginning. It's going to sound terrible and tinny and like we're uh, five feet away from the camera. But if you stuck around are... this long now, you know the answer to that question, unlike the people who left 10 minutes in going, this audio is crap. Yes, that's basically... I mean, the camera's actually not that bad. Is it? Oh. But, yeah, but as long as the AC didn't come on, I didn't hear it. Because the mm. AC came on, then that's all they would have heard. Oh. So it is what it is. Um, but either way... Um, what was I saying prior to that? Oh, um, back to the, the vodka talk, because that's where we were. So poor Osos. So four bears. So it's based off their two bears podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but apparently the, the guys that make it have a very, um, scientific method of their distilling Mm -hmm. that like does a whole lot of stuff for isolating and getting rid of crappy flavors and all Mm -hmm. sort of stuff in like, it actually tastes like something. So many vodkas don't taste like anything. Right. It's just rubbing alcohol that you're throwing in with something else. Mm -hmm. It's like, I like Tito's as just a basic vodka because I think it has a flavor. Mm -hmm. It's not a crazy flavor and some people don't like it, but 
I like it for what it, for what it serves. I've had some decent vodkas, but I don't won't sit down and excuse me sip them. But this one, they say they want to drink straight. They don't yeah. want to put anything except maybe some soda. You know, so mm. just well, straight. I mean, I'd be interested if if that's how they're they're hawking it. I mean, I'd I'd be. I mean, I'm gonna buy a bottle when it comes out. I mean, because yeah. it'll it's being made in Texas, so it'll be marketed here first. There's just a lot of celebrity bourbons that I you know that I've tasted and I've been like, okay. I mean, you're selling. Did you try the micro because it's your name? The what? The mic? The one from Micro that I have down there? No, the, the Noble Whiskey. Mm-mm. Yeah, that's from Micro. Is it? Yeah, it's no, good. I, I like I it. I haven't had it. I like it. And that's the that's the uh, French oak cask. Nice. Yeah, so a little bit different. Because there were three different three different variants that you could buy. My so my last my last alcohol purchase was a was and I haven't cracked it yet because I don't like it. But mm-hmm. I I so I have my bourbons that I collect. But I'm also in preparation for the man cave getting done and then having people over. Yeah. Um, I want to have a great variety of things that you could either try or that you could make mixers with or whatever. Yeah. So and you'll so, have you'll have the bottom shelf for normal stuff and then you'll have your top shelf right. for the uh, for all the bourbons and whatever like not you yeah that's <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> not, um, not you so i so i actually when i lived in indiana um and i had guys over to share bourbon with me all the time and yeah. um i it, it made it easier because of my collection i kept my collection in the top of my bedroom closet because yeah. we would con- my kids you know like i said they're teenagers and they're constantly having their friends over and i wasn't going to leave it out you know, where, where they just anybody can get into it, it yeah. right? So I'm not like gonna drag a bunch of guys into my bedroom closet to pick out their bourbons, right? And uh, no, they're so already I, so there. I made a so I made a menu. I made a menu, and it has like every single bottle that I have. Yeah. I haven't updated it since we moved from Indiana, so I'd have to update it. But um, you have to blow some dust off. But but there are some bottles that I have uh, that like have a little bit of a caveat on them. Yeah, and uh, like the caveat, like a little star by them, and at the bottom it says. If you are a good friend, you can ask for this bottle from James. If you're a really good friend, you won't. Yeah. (laughs) See, like for me, mine would be like, this is a mixer, but you could drink it straight. This one, one cube of ice, no more. Mm -hmm. This one, use a stone. We're not messing this up. See, I need some filtered uh, filtered water for the ice because our water is gross here. Yeah. Um, and there's always stuff. Floating. Well, just keep a keep a uh, you know just keep a gallon like under your sink or something for with a purified or a distilled water. Yeah, that's what I need to do. I mean, because we have our filter right there. But I, I just bought today. Filter. I just bought today um, because I was so I have a, a like a contraption that will make crystal clear. Yeah. Two and a half inch ice balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like they you they're crystal clear. They look like they're made out of glass. Yeah. Um, but it's a it's a pain. Like that whole contraption is a pain. It's a pain to clean. Does it and have you to do have to moving? you do have to clean it because yeah. like when it freezes, uh-huh. um, I don't know. I don't know why. It, like there's little white flakes that'll get on it at not the first round, yeah, but the second round. Mm. Even if you're using which I do only use purified water. Yeah. Um. So today I just bought like a an ice tray that makes the great big cubes square ones square cubes yeah. and i'm not gonna worry about them being perfect yeah. and crystal clear but i just me personally when i go to make myself like an old-fashioned or whatever right yeah. now i either i'm using my little you know moon-shaped cubes that my ice that my freezer makes or yeah. i've got like we call it the bougie ice we've got the bougie ice yeah you got your little, little ice sonic, to the side, you know yeah. the sonic ice uh and neither one of those are great for yeah that. thanks for that by the way jessica wants one well yeah go for it because i have all this counter space that's available right <laughs> 
<laughs> well, and they're like, they're noisy little jerks too. Yeah, because um, I mean, that you'll you'll at some well, no, it's off, but or else you would hear how loud this ice maker is. Yeah, and it is terrible. Actually, speaking of which, let me grab, let me grab that bottle right quick. Which one is that? The micro Noble whiskey. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just I just grabbed one of those today. But so my latest my latest purchase was uh, absinthe because really? I. I have I've had absinthe. Um, my wife and I had absinthe years and years ago. At the time, like legit absinthe was not legal because they had outlawed anything that had wormwood in it, and um, so I was not interested at all in trying it because I'm like, well, why am I drinking it if it's not what people drink like back in the movies, and it's not what Poe drank, and it's not you know what all these uh, intellectual people that would sit down and make it their muse, you know, I'm like, well, why would I want that? So I, when it, when it, when it did come out and it had the wormwood in it, we went and bought it. So what I didn't know is that absinthe basically to me, Uh at least the bottle that I had, it just tasted like black licorice, which I loathe. I loathe black licorice. I can't stand it. I I I don't like it. I love black licorice. No, I don't like it at all. Did you, did you have the spoon with the sugar? Yeah. So we did. Yeah. So we did it the proper way. We had on fire. What do they call that? Low, low ming. I think so. Yeah. Sounds right. Sounds Um, like the thing you're supposed to do. So, but anyways, but, and, and I, so something about my wife. Well, first of all, as a pastor, let me put this caveat out there. Mm. Um, Bible says don't get drunk. So I know a lot of people think it's weird that a pastor would drink anything. Unless like, oh, I thought pastors, I thought pastors didn't drink, but um, I do drink, but I don't get drunk, and yeah. that's 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 my belief set. Um, my wife cannot get drunk. Yeah, you told me that. I thought yeah. that was crazy. She's absolutely incapable of getting drunk. When I was a much younger man and didn't care so much what the scripture said, I tried to get my wife drunk uh, just to see, because I thought it'd be funny. Like, oh, what is this girl like when she, and so she drank an entire bottle. And when I say an entire bottle, I mean like an entire full, not the small bottles, yeah. the big bottles of um, Cabo Wabo tequila, Oof. a whole bottle yeah. by her. I, no, I think I took one shot out of it. No. She drank the rest of the bottle by herself. Yeah didn't act any differently, didn't slur her words, wasn't acting loopy at all. Literally just about 20 minutes after she had finished the bottle. Mm -hmm. And this was in a short amount of time. I'm surprised she didn't die. Yeah, this is is straight alcohol. Yeah, it was like, yeah, I'm surprised she didn't die. I mean, like I said, we were very young and very stupid. Um, uh, She just literally 20 minutes after she, she was like, hmm. I don't feel good. And so she just like went went over to the sink and like yacked it all up and then came and sat I mean, back down like nothing her happened. Her whole stomach was tequila. Yeah, you right. wouldn't feel good at that point. So anyways, and that was like maybe attempt three or four. So the last, That's my nuts. last hurrah yeah. was when they released absinthe and it had wormwood in it. Mm-hmm. And they were like, okay, this stuff will really mess you up. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to get her to drink a bunch of absinthe. So I had it. I tried. I, I mean, I drank my one because I was going to be a man and drink it. I hated it. Yeah. She liked it. She likes. She liked the flavor. She yeah. liked the flavor. She liked the stuff. So she had like four or five of these absinthe drinks. Yeah. Um, and she and it's like Legolas when he's having the contest with Gimli. Yeah. Like four or five of these things, and she literally, as a matter of fact, she might have said what Legolas said. I think she literally said, "I think I feel a tingling." Yeah. You know. Um, and that was it. Like that. that that's, 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 as, that's the that's wormwood close, eating at her nerves. Yeah, that's as close as it ever got with yeah. her. So. Um, my wife, my wife is like the is is like uh, 
the chick from Indiana Jones. Like she, yeah. we should just like set it up to where she's drinking guys under the table and making Marian. all kinds of money. Yeah, Marion. Yeah. I wanted to say um, Karen for some reason. Oh, that's her real name, isn't it? The actress? Yeah. Isn't, isn't her name Karen? I don't know. I don't Karen know. was what came to my brain and I knew it wasn't right, so I didn't say it. But Carry on. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's a biblical name. Carry on. Carrion. Carrion is in the Bible. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, nice. dear. Tink it first. Nice. So which one? Oh, this is the noble. This is the micro noble whiskey. Named after his grandfather. Work hard, play fair, be noble, spelled with a K. Yeah. There, oh, there's a peanutty flavor to that. Yeah, a little bit. Little that's nutty. A, that's an interesting. Yeah, it's the, it's the barrels. Yeah, it's the, the that's the difference in the barrels on this American one. oak. And American oak, not French oak. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. Okay, so here's the other part. I got that signed Mike Rowe picture on the fridge. Oh yeah, I got a signed. Did you meet him a, a, no, the, with the bottle? That's what I'm saying. Oh, so, it came with the. bottle. So you can buy it online. Okay. So got the signed picture. The bottle is signed. So he's got his signature on top mm -hmm. and, and on the side. It has a signed thing about authenticity. No, authenticity with the number, but also. I chose that one because it part of the proceeds went to the Micro Foundation for nice. for helping kids learn trades and whatnot. Right, and I completely cool. believe in that. Oh yeah. So, and and I mean, the richest people soon are going to be the electricians and the plumbers and the HVAC guys. Um, well, I mean, they already make really really good money. <laughs> this one needs a little ice. In my oh opinion. come on! No, it doesn't. No, just in my opinion, it's not as smooth as the. No, it's the not. yellow spot. The yellow spot no, is stupid. That's stupid smooth. By the way, that one came, that one came on recommendation of my buddy Alan, who has been on this show, my Irish friend who literally sells whiskey and beer. Yeah, no yellow spots good. Um, all the all the spots, the red spot, the green spot. The I have not spots, had any spot except for the yellow spot. Okay, they're all good. Yeah, no. And I was looking at them all, and I'm like, I was looking at the flavor profiles, and I'm like, this one sounds like me. So I was like, that, I was reading the green spot. I'm like, mm, this sounds like it's going to be peaty, and I'm getting away from it. But I also have like 15 different green spots with all kinds of different uh, blends and barrels. And I was like, oh, my God. Although the tequila over there is all, all the good shit. So I my new favorite Except tequila. One. Um, so there's a tequila called Fortaleza. Yeah. Fortaleza um, is sort of like the 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 Blanton's or the Stag Jr. of the tequila world. Yeah. In that it's very hard to find it anymore, and that it has been overpriced now. Of course. Um, but when I discovered Fortaleza, it was not. It was not that. Um, apparently, somebody about two or three years back like made a TikTok that went viral about Fortaleza, and now you can't find. It. Now it's like the it thing to have. Of course, of course. It actually is really, really, in my opinion, really, really good tequila. I've actually no, never had it. But. No additives or anything like. Well, next time you come over, I've got all three. I've got hell yeah. Uh, I've got Blanco, Reposado, and Añejo. But um, nice. very little left of of the of the latter. But I've got a full. I've got yeah. a brand new full bottle of the Blanco. But okay. anyways, um, really good stuff. I'm a Repo fan, anyways. Yeah, really good stuff. Can't find it anywhere now. So the so the last time I saw like I, I saw the Blanco in a store. And I overpaid a little bit for it, but it's because I was like down to that much in the bottom of my Blanco but bottle. Is the Blanco that good? I like it. Well, the reason I ask is because the Blanco is no aging. You know, it's no barrel, yeah, no but aging. But I think it has a really great flavor. And, and it can. I'm just saying because I haven't, I've only had experience with a handful of Blancos mm -hmm. and some white dog whiskeys, which is the same 
concept yeah. with whiskey. Actually, I have a white dog right over there from a Texas distillery. Oh, really? Yeah. But one of the best things I've ever had in my life was um, we went to the Bardstown Distillery in Kentucky, and and they went and they they got us some the white dog like right right out of the thing that they're like shooting it up, you yeah. know, whatever. Straight, straight out of the mash. Straight out of the mash. Um, it's it's on its way to go be made into a bourbon. And they took that out and they they poured it in a cup for it. No, they didn't pour it in a cup. We actually just drank it right out of the label because it's like it's like rubbing alcohol, right? Like yeah, it like, really. Who's is. it gonna yeah. hurt? Um, yeah. So we just like took they it right your, out. They check your eyesight after. Yeah, they took it right out of the label. That stuff tasted like liquid jelly belly buttered popcorn jelly beans. Wow. And I took a sip of that and I and my eyes got and I was like, why are you not bottling that? that. <laughs> Why are you messing this up by putting it in any kind How of a dare barrel? You? Like, How dare you put the, this in a barrel? So at the time, Bardstown, um, they That's had funny. made their own bourbons, but they had not. But they were such a new company that their bourbons had not um, aged enough yet to yeah. release them. Yeah. So all all Bardstown was really doing was releasing other people's. Yeah, um, makes sense. Or was making. Um, it's a contract bur- distillery. A contract yeah. distillery. So, yeah. So they were like, "This isn't ours. This is somebody else's." And you know, hundred percent. I was yeah. like, so. Anyways, yeah. Um, so I haven't had a lot of white dogs, but um, so back to the tequila. So yes. Fortaleza, you can't find it now. That pisses me off because I'm like, it's not my fault that somebody made a stupid TikTok and now I can't find my favorite what, tequila. What anywhere. do the bottles look like? Fortaleza, they're like, um, they're flat. They're squarish. Yeah, they're squarish and, and pretty s- tall. And then they've got uh, they've got like an agave cork that looks like agave on it. Uh. I think I had a bottle of it. Did you? And we we drank it up at a party. That would make sense. Because I was like, wait a minute, that sounds like one of the ones I had. Because I, I inherited most of my tequilas from my buddy Leo when mm-hmm. he quit drinking. Okay. Uh, and he's he's the one who gave me my tequila education one night. Went through like 12 different tequilas mm-hmm. from all over, tasting the flavor profiles from the highlands to lowlands, mm-hmm. all that stuff, the blending, the blancos, the añejos. I got all that education in one night. Did you learn that? Patron was very overrated and yeah, Patron is crap, garbage. Are you kidding me? Crap tequila. I've always yeah. thought Patron okay. was garbage. Well, good. Then he taught you well. Yeah, he didn't even have to teach me that. I knew <laughs> that part because uh, I even have some. The, the thing over there that I rate probably the lowest is the G four, which is actually okay. one of the highest rated hmm. <laughs> ones over there because I think it's high, ra- highly rated because a lot of people can drink it, and I think it's just eh, it's just very eh. Right. But like a couple of the bottles over there are still from him. The El Tesoro is still from him. Uh, and then I think one other bottle is specifically from him. But we drank through a lot of the other stuff. But now that you mentioned that, I'm like, I think I did. Well, have it would a make Fortaleza. sense it's not still here because Fortaleza is really good. So it was it good, but I don't remember it compared to the stuff I have over there now. Right. Because I have the, the Classe Azul, which is my favorite, mm-hmm. but stupid, stupid expensive. Right. The base bottle of the. Repo is $129. Yeah. The base bottle. If you want to get into the really crazy stuff, then like the gold, what I have left of the gold over there is $330. Right. For, and uh, got that on one of our vacations to San Antonio. And I'm like, I got the money. I could justify this. And then never, no. told, never told Jessica how much it cost. Yeah. No, that's always a good um, idea. But like the rest of the stuff over there, I've either picked up since. Like I think it, I I legit think only the El Tesoro is the only one that I still have left over that I originally got from him, because I have some over there that's from Bartlett's here in town. You know, local. Distillery. I haven't had anything from Bartlett's. I, well, yeah, try it. I got I got their whiskey and their tequila. If you want, whenever you want to try, it, let me know. So what I have discovered. Or I'm sorry, they're they're agave spirit. Okay. Because they yeah, cannot cause they legally right, call right, right. it tequila because yeah. it's not made in Mexico. Right. 
So we're at Total Wine, and um, I'm always on the lookout for the for the fortalizer. I can never find it. And they're this is getting nicer. They're as it's breathing. <laughs> that's how alcohol works, Shoki. Um, so, anyways, the, uh, the they're sampling out all these yes tequilas, and it's called Mi Familia Flores. Yes, and I've seen it. Those are amazing. They have now. I kind of want to call BS on them mm-hmm. because they say that they're completely additive free. They say that. Yeah. They say that. Yeah. But then there's one that tastes like birthday cake. Yes. I there's know one exactly ta- which one you're talking there's about. There's one too. that tastes like creme brulee. There's yeah. one that tastes like. Um, I, I think I tried the whole lineup. Yeah. I mean, but they're really good, though. Like if you yeah. like a sweet tequila. Yes. They're really good. So I have like so, three different bottles of the Mi Familia Flores. And they've got the like, crazy looking. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're yeah, pretty, yeah. So they're I tried that whole lineup and funky. I was like. And once I got past the repo, I'm like, this is crap. Mm-hmm. Like they're in Yeho. I'm like, mm-hmm. it's like, I get why people would want this, but I don't want this. The sweet stuff I like. The sweet no, stuff the, was good. The regular I stuff yeah. I did. Yeah. The regular yeah. stuff I didn't care for. Yeah. Um, it's like, this is not added. Like their Blanco no was way. not good. Their Blanco was not good. The repo was fine. Yeah. But I still left with they the had a bourbon barrel aged one. It was okay. Yeah. That's weird. The bourbon barrel tequila. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which actually I have. I have a bourbon barrel tequila over there that mm-hmm. I picked up in uh, Maryland. Mm-hmm. made specifically for that store. So you oh, can't really? buy it anywhere else. Yep. Same thing with the Breckenridge whiskey I've got down yeah. there. Same thing. Store pick. Store picks, which is great. But I've got... So I tried that whole Mi Familia Flores line, right? And I still left with the $24 of El Telecanio because <laughs> that is really, really good base tequila. Yeah. And I've only tried the Repo. I haven't gone into any of the other stuff for them. And yeah. I, and I sh- if I had more room, I'd buy one of the big bottles because I can drink that anytime. Yeah. It's like, for me, that's like, if Classe Azul is the top, and I know a lot of people are like, it's not the best, it just costs the most. But I was like, fair, but for me, that's my top. Yeah. You know, show me the stuff that tastes better that I can't afford, I'll go there. Right. But for me, it's like Classe Azul, Il Telequeño. It's like, to me, it's just like, they're so close in mm-hmm. flavor and nowhere near each other on price. Right. It's insane. Yeah. And and for that kind if, of stuff, it's like... If it, I want the $25 version of my $125 tequila, I go there. Right. If I find another option that's in that same vein, because I actually like the balance between like just the straight sweetness and a little bit of the pepper. Yeah. I like the very pepper-forward ones, but I'm not going to drink a lot of that. I have a tequila. As a matter of fact, I had a... Well, I had a sip of it last night. My my daughter didn't make me one. Um, I <laughs> Shelly was getting home from work and we were going to have Mexican food and my oldest daughter who's not of drinking age yet she's a few months away she's 20 um but she has really gotten into she fancies herself a you know mixologist a mixologist um in training Bartender, yeah in training and so uh she really likes to go experiment with whatever in there and she'll make Shelly and I drinks and the trade off is that I let her taste it right yeah so um I mean, she really should be tasting I know, it if she's I know, mixing it because otherwise... I, I know a lot of people who have done this exact setup with their kids, too. Right. It's funny. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, she I didn't ask her, dude. Yeah. She wanted it's to do it. It's just the way it worked she out. Did, yeah. She just wanted to do it. Um, so anyways, so we went to a place called Uncle Julio's, which is like right outside of our neighborhood. It's just a Mexican restaurant. And the food's okay. But the margarita, they have a margarita called the El Jefe. Of course. It's amazing. Um, it's very spicy. Well, I say very, when I say very spicy, I mean for a margarita, it's very spicy. Um, like actually has hot stuff. In well, it, it has, well, it has a good, it, it has a ghost pepper tequila. Okay. Okay. 
So yes, it's spicy, and I, yes, I, it's I, spicy. I have a very small bottle of that over there, yeah. probably. So anyways, um, it has a ghost pepper. Now, they infused their own. Uh, we went and found fun. we went and found a ghost pepper tequila just in the bottle. But uh, yeah, that was really good. Like I, I enjoy a good spicy anything kind of a drink. And, yeah. and yes, I mean spicy hot, not spicy high ABV. Yeah, it's good well, stuff. Well, spicy, spicy, but I mean, it's going to burn your mouth one way or the other, right? <laughs> right. Two but, different kinds of yeah. burn. It's like, but adding spice to something with a lot of alcohol just burns double, mm-hmm. you know? But I like a good, I like a good uh, Mexican candy margarita mix, mm. but like on the spicy side. Like I want it to be watermelony, and I want that tahine, mm-hmm. but I also want the heat. I don't like tahine, but I only like tahine in that situation. I don't like it in any. I've, I keep trying. Yeah, I literally just threw. I should have just given them to you. I literally just threw away my son before he moved to Minnesota. Uh-huh. I don't know why he did this, but he went and bought like four big bottles of tahine seasoning. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm still going through the small bottle I have, so I, just, I wouldn't have needed that. I, I tossed them all out because I'm like, we're literally never going to use it a little bit of my food. pantry. Yeah, I use it a little bit in food, but I mostly use it in drinks. Because what I'll do is I'll I'll do what I call Mountain Doritas. So I just take different flavors of Mountain Dew and try to match up mm-hmm. the alcohol. I think that will go best with it. Mm-hmm. So I'll grab the watermelon Mountain Dew and you know, mix it up with a bunch of ice. If I can blend it down, I will sort of make it like that, but I'm throwing in whatever tequila and I'm throwing in tahini and probably some, you know, a splash of hot sauce from right. a little bit of heat or some red pepper flakes, something just yeah. to kick up the heat a little bit. But actually the, uh, do you see the skull shaped bottle over yeah, there? Yeah. I didn't look at to see if it had a label. It on doesn't it. have a label. Just like your mixer bottle or what? No, that came from Leo. He okay. doesn't remember what it is, <laughs> but here's the weird thing. I think what he told me it is and I tried it and I'm like, okay, it's like a spicy mead. Okay, that sounds terrible, think, to be honest. I think. It does have some heat to it. I've only drank it once. I don't know, man. If my if my friend were giving up drinking and he gave me a skull bottle and he was like, I have no idea what this is. I would he be forgot so what it is, to be fair. I would he be so trepidatious to drink it. It was good, but it's like weird. But also, it's like, it's a cool bottle, so I don't want to toss it. Right. No, it is. Yeah. I and saw if the someone would drink really cool. it. Then I've got two. You might have seen them before. I've got two of the Stormtrooper um, helmet I bottles. Yeah, uh, so I've got two of those. One of them is my Infinity Bourbon bottle. So I just okay. if I get down to the last little bit of a bourbon bottle and there's uh-huh. not really enough for a drink, then I pour it in the really? helmet. Okay. And then and then I got another. So and I've had that one for a while. And actually, actually that one was my Scotch because I actually started out as a Scotch guy. Okay. Um, and I still love Scotch. Yeah. But I like bourbon more. Um. So I so the, I've had this thing and, and it's an infinity bottle because obviously you just keep filling it with whatever's left in your leftover bottle. So my Scotch one didn't have a whole lot in it because, yeah. like I said, I don't drink a lot. I don't get down to the bottom of bottles very often. Yeah. Um, but I got another bottle for Christmas, another uh, Stormtrooper. So that one, and I've got to I got to put a label on it. I haven't started filling it yet. So it's it's, it's basically just your own like little decanter bottle, right? It's okay. just your own little decanter, and so, you call them an infinity bottle because are they you just, are they clear? Or are they white? Yeah, they're clear. Okay, so one thing I was going to say is they need a Vader one, and you just need to fill it with Kraken because it's black. <laughs> and it would just look yeah, cool. A bottle of Kraken. That would that's, pro- that's our mixer of rum that I have. Yeah, it's like so. and I don't, I don't drink a lot of rum like really ever. I, I have one you should try when you come over. Well, I mean, I'll try anything, but I'm not a giant rum fan. I've had You'll rum. Be that a giant I, rum fan. I I, I, ha- I have had rum that I like, but I'm not actively seeking rum. Right. 
It's like, especially since I'm I trying to remember the tequila the name. doesn't give me a hangover. I'm trying to remember the name of it. So I've got like one, I've got my, my sipper. Cause like I told you, like I'll buy yeah. a really, if I find something that I think, oh, that's really good. Then mm-hmm. that's, then that's what I have of that for sipping. Um, so I'm trying to, I need to look it up. Starts with a Z. Speaking of which, you need any more water? No, good? I'm good. Okay. Zacapa. So Zacapa. Yeah, Zacapa. So I've got I've got Zacapa. a bottle of it's like they're like a hundred and ten bottle a hundred and ten dollar bottles Jeez. of rum. And that's that's our sipper rum. So the next time you come over, just yeah. remind me and I'll Yeah, when you come over on a non official capacity. Like, cause it's only ever been yeah, no, under yeah. official capacities. It's, all, it's always church stuff. Yeah, it's always church related. I mean, we're we're available for non church activities. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can rent us out for non church. Well, the problem and the problem is so having actual home time. I I, I was sharing with Shoki <laughs> earlier. We've been doing the church plant thing for a year now, and just this month, um, actually just yesterday, I actually got my first paycheck. Um, that will hopefully be a normal normal paycheck. Um. And in the meantime, Shelly's been working two jobs to like keep our family afloat. So Shelly's well, never available. And if she is available, yeah, she just wants asleep. to sit on the couch yeah. and rest. Like so and she doesn't even always get to do that because yeah. I mean we have we still do, has to we have a Sunday night group that meets at our house. That's our core team, like our leadership team. Yeah. So I mean we're doing that. Um and she so she and so if she works Sundays, which is fairly often she has to come home and then she has to do like two hours of peopling, which she'll do. I mean, she loves it, but it's yeah. exhausting, you know? Yeah. So anyways, um, it's really hard to invite people over to do anything right now just because of because of her situation. Yeah. But as soon as she's done with that, like we'll start having people over all the time and whatever. We, well, that and your house, we, your we house like is getting that. significantly more done. Yes. Yeah. Which has helped a lot. Which has helped a lot. Because it, so. was, it was still in a decently unfinished stage the first time I, we came over. Right. Well, and it still kind of is, but yeah. it's but it's it's at least doable, you yeah. know. So, um, Which, by the way, let me know when you when we oh, yeah. help with the floors and whatnot up, yeah. upstairs. So interestingly enough, like the, you know, one of the, I heard this story from, and you'll know all the names. I mean, I know your listeners won't know these people, but like one of the coolest things about what we're doing when people think of church, I think they think about, um, you know, showing up to a building on a Sunday morning and, and getting preached at, or maybe they, maybe they just really enjoy the sermon, or maybe they feel like they're getting preached at, and then, you know, they get asked for money, and then they go home. Uh, yeah. that, that's not what we're trying to build. And so it's not what we've been building. What we've been building are relational small groups where people actually care about each other and they're actually there for each other. And like, you've been a big part of that. It's been really cool to like hear about I mean, like, a small e- part even, <laughs> even at the small group, like even at small group um, that we were last at when it was over, you were driving one of the guys home because yeah. he doesn't, he doesn't have a ride. So, I mean, it was just really cool. Like that's the kind of community that we're building. It's the kind of community that Christ wants us to be in. Yeah. So um, anyways, on the day that we last met for our small group, I had started that day um, having lunch with one of our uh, parishioners who um, is experiencing this and who is um, leading one of these women's groups. And she um, ended up saying to like one of the other women that she had a photo shoot she needed to go do. She has a young child. Oh, her, her no, 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 like, I know you're talking about. Yeah, it. her her husband's traveling or or at work, and so like her husband couldn't watch their little girl. Yeah, and she's like, you know, it's yeah, it's going to be a pain because I'm going to. And so this woman's like, well, why don't I just come watch her? And she's like, oh, well, would you? And so that was cool. Um, it, you know, but, you know, it's funny speaking on that. Mm-hmm. So uh, whenever we did the the service, the Monday service at the Christensen or uh, the. Christopherson's yeah uh the other the other night um we were kind of making the joke uh that 
Yeah, this, this is definitely the place to have kids because even if you don't watch them, somebody's, somebody's taking care them. of them. Yeah. And I was like, and it's like I, a one giant family. Yeah, it is like a giant family. It's like at that point, I even told Jessica, I was like, look, if we're going to be around these people. These, you know, we got all the little kids. Like she likes to, uh, you know, the not to mention names, but you know, the the, the one you were just speaking of. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, knows her a little bit more from from women's group and whatnot like that. Um, so I'll be like, you know, if you've got any kind of time and, and she needs a break to go do work or something like that and, and the husband's not around, it's like, why don't you volunteer to go watch her? Because, like, yep. one, you, you want to get more into the kid vibe as we're attempting to make one of our own. Right. Um, that, uh, you know, it's like, <laughs> the hard part is, is like, I, I know she desperately wants a baby, mm-hmm. but I'm wondering if she's ready for a child. Mm-hmm. I'm ready for a ch- uh, no. I'm, the answer is no, yeah. no, no because so, nobody is. No, but here's the funny part. For me, mm-hmm. I am good with kids. Mm-hmm. I do not do babies. Yeah. Well, she I was wants the same. babies, and I don't know how she's going to be with I, kids. Not she's ever been around them. But I both was the same and am the same. I still am not a huge babies fan. I like yeah. other people's babies. Yeah. But. <laughs> see, see, and everybody said everybody's always told me it's like, well, when you have your own, you'll feel different. I was like, I don't think I will. Uh, yeah, and they probably like, won't. And, and you're and they're like, well, why? It's like. One, because I don't do well dealing with uh, shit in right. general, and that's half their priority. Um, the other half is uh, I have little patience with things that can't adjust. Right, and they and, cannot. And then no, then they can't adjust. And it's like so, it's like, and and that's just me knowing me. And like, yes, I will find said patience with with experience in theory, but the idea is is like the things that I have had the least amount of interaction with mm-hmm. would be newborn humans right uh and because there have always been other people's it's a different story well but i mean you feel a little thing, bit weirder with someone else's than your own you'd be like well if i break it it's mine you're right you know? exactly the great thing about newborn humans is they have no idea how much you're screwing it up so it's, yes it's all good my, i have a good. feeling my child will remember everything <laughs> it's like because i have such a ridiculous memory mm-hmm. except when i need to it's like i can remember anything i need to when I don't need to. Right. But well, they won't need to remember how badly you screwed up. But it's like, well, I also remember a lot from being young mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't. Like, I don't I remember go back, a lot from being young, but like, I don't remember. Like, do you remember like suckling two, at my mother's teeth? No, or but anything. do you, I, no, no, nothing like that. There are other weirdos that have that awareness and that would be strange to mm-hmm. not have that locked off. But like, I remember young, young, like two years old. Oh at yeah. Least. I remember stuff from my, but from what it, I was two. And this was a question that I brought up a while back, not to just go deep into this is like, do you remember when you, first switched on like like because you probably don't because it's been so long now but if i asked you 10 years ago you probably would remember a little bit more about when you your early you mean just kind of like when you become like conscious of like when you become conscious of memory exists in this world and have my own little life so yes i do um but to be fair it to be fair to be fair uh it had to do with this scar right here. Okay. I have a little scar right there. I got you. And um, on my wrist. And I was only just old enough to have learned how to walk. Yeah. And I, my sisters, who were both older than me, went mm-hmm. outside of this glass um, swinging uh. door. And so I'm walking towards it with both of my hands, hands out, out like this. Yep. Yep. And I just went right through the glass. How young were you? I'd, so my mom says that I had just learned to walk. So wow. I, yeah. That's a terrible door. And I remember, yeah. If a toddler well, can I mean, go so, through it that easy. You know, it was the 80s. So, Fair point. Um, 
and I remember that. I remember that very clearly. Like I remember how tall the door looked. Yeah. I remember that my sisters who would not have been like any taller than three feet tall. I remember that like they towered over me. Yeah. And I remembered um, doing that. Something startling happening, which would have been the glass breaking. I remembered I was startled by it. Yeah. And then I remember feel it like that my, the wrist, pain. my wrist didn't feel right yeah so i looked at it even though you don't have a word for that yet i, I don't i didn't have a word for it yeah. so i looked at it and i remember what it looked it just like laid open it just kind of like yeah flaps <sighs> open yeah you know and just like laid open and then all this red started flowing yeah. down my arm and i i just remember so you like, have a very visceral reason to yeah, have that memory i and i and that's that i think that may be my first memory yeah um, it makes sense because like i remember as a joke, a comedian said, "It's like I think I've first switched on because I had a really big poop that hurt, <laughs> and like pushing it out, you know, babies really go oh, yeah, when they, they go. They sure do. Uh, and he's, and the joke was that it was such a big turn, it literally switched on his brain because mm-hmm. the actual feeling was so ridiculous. But it makes sense that it would be pain related like that as well. But, but I that's also feel the thing like though, I don't remember it." Hurting. No, you didn't remember it as pain. I remember, but it was I remembered there. it being like something's off. Yeah. And oh. so then my mother starts screaming because she walks yeah. in the you have room a lot of trauma and sees her little, to it. Yeah. her little baby that's like sitting there and while well, standing, standing there in Amongst a pool shattered of blood glass. and in a diaper, just yeah. watching it kind of do its thing. Yeah. And she said, I wasn't crying or I was, I was just like watching yeah. it. And yeah. so, anyways, and then they that, took me to the hospital or whatever. Weird, weird question. Do babies go into shock faster? I don't know. Because I would think they would. I don't know. Because they have no ability to deal with pain. So I would think that either the shock response is instant, which in your case, you know, I remember, I know slicing your wrist open would definitely be... I mean, I did the same thing with a, a window. With, sorry, the wrong arm. This arm right here, a tiny mm-hmm. little scar you can see right there. I was doing a similar thing, but I wasn't walking. I was pounding on the door because my cousin had locked me out of the house, mm-hmm. and then my hand went right through it. And then slice my arm open. It yep. wasn't super deep, thank God. But it's still blood. Mm-hmm. But in a young memory, not baby, not even close, I think I was probably like six or seven. Mm-hmm. And we did a big family reunion, I think in San Antonio. I honestly don't remember where it was. But it was at a hotel. And and I remember this is the first time I was ever shown how to roll down a hill. You know, and how fun that can be. Mm-hmm. So all our all the cousins are rolling down the hill, mm-hmm. nice grassy hill down towards uh, there's like a little water sure. thing down there. And I rolled down the hill, God knows how many times, right? And then we all ran inside to whatever hotel room where everybody was hanging out at at the time. And I remember my brother Scott is sitting on the bed, and mind you, he's going to be like twenty something at this point. Mm-hmm. And, he, and I remember him looking down and go say, hey, what's that on your leg? And there was blood coming out of my shorts. Mm-hmm. And I had rolled over what we assume was a broken glass bottle. Okay. And I have a, uh, you probably can't see it anymore because I was so young. But it sliced my thigh open. Mm. And I was just bleeding. Never felt it at mm. all. Like, I didn't even feel the pain at the time. Right. Because also I had, like, all the adrenaline and everything right. going on. And, you know, and all the, all the like fun, really happy sharp. Time. Really sharp, whatever. I mean, the sharp. It just rolled straight over it instantly. There's nothing even in it. There's Mm -hmm. no. The wound was clean. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. I mean, I was dirty in general, but like, it it, as a kid, it was like that. It was a huge gash, and I remember basically we just dealt with it in the hotel. Yeah, 
Like no hotel, no hospital, no one gets stitches or nothing like that. And I got we scrambled to get like a huge bandage or something. I don't remember, but like it only hurt when somebody got a bottle of like peroxide or alcohol and poured it in there to get it clean. That hurt, right? But the actual wound, even after that, I don't recall the pain associated with having a large gaping wound on my on my left thigh. Hmm. You know. And that's a weird thing, though. But like, I think back, and like, I remember a lot of stuff from my young ages. You know, first day of school ever. You know, and first day, of, uh, probably first day of daycare because I did daycare first. So you know, two or three years old, right? Mm-hmm. Meeting other kids for the first time and all that kind of stuff. I remember the first day that I saw the girl that was my quote unquote girlfriend mm-hmm. in daycare. Uh, her name was Megan, mm-hmm. and she was a cute Megan. Little, Megan. 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 It was Megan. She Megan. was she was a redheaded redheaded little girl. She was wearing literally like a a white white you know fluffy shirt and mm-hmm. red jumper basically. And you had a bad you had a bad. But remember dude, that like, well? Yeah, but you literally this is a core memory. Yeah, because I saw it was literally like in the movies when you see her coming down, literally coming down the slide, mm-hmm. and then you know we meet like that, you know, and then we were in the same daycare for couple years maybe i don't even know how long i was there technically speaking yeah and uh, of course we went our ways several ways later um in fact i don't remember her last name i just remember her first name was megan because actually my first quote-unquote official girlfriend was also named megan and mm-hmm. part of me wondered if it was the same girl and i just somehow caught up with her significantly mm-hmm. later no it wasn't it was not it was i think not. if i try hard enough i'll remember her name because mm-hmm. I, I, I know it was well, that'd uh, be impressive because i remember so i had two kindergarten crushes not not daycare i I never went to daycare yeah but but you know uh, i would have been four years old because we because we started kindergarten when i was in when you were four unlike today was when you were five so i would have been four years old okay and there was wow that was a daycare for a while then there were two girls that i was hot on Mm -hmm. even back then and obviously back then like it's a different kind of like you're just kind of struck like oh love look female thing different than me i like and you don't really understand anything about the rest of the how that works but um renee and andrea and i I still remember their names interesting yeah but i don't know their. i think my brain wants to say is megan mick something Hmm. i feel like it because i don't my my first girlfriend effectively was megan it was real easy to remember. Real short, one mm-hmm. syllable last name. Um, so that one was easy. But yeah, it wasn't her. But she was also redheaded. It was just apparently I had a thing. Without knowing, I had a thing. Yeah. I feel like somewhere maybe, this is not going to be an I statement. This is going to be a everyone statement. Mm-hmm. I feel like somehow someone has a thing about redheads. Like there's a lot of people who have a thing about redheads without knowing they have a thing about redheads. Mm-hmm. But I think it is just the red hair color and the way nature works. Things that are brightly colored red usually Maybe. was seen as danger. My daughter just dyed her hair from yes. black from red, and I was like, yep. she asks me, and I'm and I'm I'm not one of those dads that's just gonna like fill your head with fluff. Like, yeah, you asked my opinion, I'm gonna give it to you. She's like, so what do you think, Dad? I was like, I think you make a really great redhead. Yes. She's like, so you don't like the black? I said, you make a really great redhead. I'm glad that she <laughs> added the other colors to it because yeah. when it was straight she did, black, she did some pink now. Yeah, the the added the, the little burst of color was good because like, uh, I mean, I know she does have is you know some goth tendencies. She likes to dress goth, but yes. she doesn't act goth. No, but yes, but like it, it's all like a visual thing, right? From what I've been experiencing, it is. it's like because she she's so bright. 
Like she puts out such bright lightness. Yeah. It's so weird. She's got a to great go so dark. She's got a great countenance. Yeah. Um, so when Shelly was her age, when Shelly, well, actually younger, really, when Shelly was in her mid teens, she wanted to go goth. Yeah. And she does not have a goth personality. Yeah. Um, she can go dark, but in general, but I mean, what, you like, know Shelly. Was... Like Shelly's like just super bubbly and nice and yeah. and what she's like very, very smart, but she She's a dork. She's a very a much way. a dork. She's in a, a great way. Yeah, yeah. In, in the best way. And yeah. so, you know, to kind of imagine her trying to be goth is a little weird. Yeah. But she really wants she I, likes that. I feel she like likes the, the aesthetic to it would be epic though. She likes the aesthetic of goth and, and well, really, and I do too, and and obviously Kira does. But she felt like when she was a teenager, she really felt like God told her, "No, you you're you you Shelly are not did. meant to go down." Shelley okay. did. You're not meant to go down that path because if you do go down that path, like it's going to kind of alter who you are as a person. Yeah. And you're so not no working, meant to, no working so in hot topic. I guess yeah, she wasn't allowed to work hot topic, so she worked at the Dairy Queen instead. Um, but anyways, that's a really great segue to finish the story I was saying. So this girl asks um, one of our girls to uh, babysit or, or volunteers to babysit. Mm. And then later on in the conversation, she says um, that her in-laws are coming later that night uh, on the same day that she needs babysat. So um, our, one of our women, like, who's going to go babysit for her, shows up three hours early. And she's freaking out. She's like, oh, my house isn't clean, blah, blah, blah. I wasn't ready for you to come three hours early. And she was like, well, yeah, I know. That's why I'm here. You said your in-laws are coming. I know you're busy. I know you got a kid. And I'm here to, I'm, help. I'm here to help you clean. And she starts, like, doing her dishes and vacuuming her floors and stuff. And, like, yeah. so this other lady's just in tears. She's like, why are you doing this? And she goes, well, I thought this is what we do. Like, yeah, this is what we isn't, do for isn't, people, this, right? Isn't this the body of Christ? Like, aren't we, aren't we family? Like, this is what families do for each other. So then yeah. later that, so I hear that story at lunch. And then later that night, um, Tim is talking about like how he wants to help people out for free to do construction stuff. Yeah. And then you were like, well, when you're ready to do that, I'll give you a hand. And yeah. and I'm sitting there going, the only reason I haven't asked is because I'm being a prideful goat. Like, um, so, so I was just like, well, you know, if, if it's good enough for one of our ladies, like I think I could probably ask for help. So one of these days yeah. soon, we will. Well, I keep telling you. We will have a party I'm up in the media I'm going to help room. you. I know. Like one way or the, the man other, cave helping... I feel is different yeah. because when the man cave is done, all yeah. of the guys who helped me get to come over and use it like frequently. Well, I mean, it just be... well. One thing is, I, I was raised a carpenter. Yeah. Like, I'm, unfortunately, I don't have many examples anymore of my carpentry skills here. But I mean, like, I, as a child, I helped build our house. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean, I badly hammered in some nails somewhere. Mm -hmm. But I learned how to build a house from scratch as a child. Right. And I applied those skills later in life when I had to rebuild my own place. Yep. But then we grew up building everything. Every, every, if you, if you ever go to my parents' property, mm -hmm. anything you see, we built by hand. All of it. Everything that's there. Yep. So I learned how to build a proper A-frame structure for something. I learned how to build a table from scratch. I learned how to build cabinetry, all this other stuff, partially on interest and partially out of necessity. Mm-hmm. Like, actually, what's really funny, so the last thing I technically built was actually a, t a I rebuilt a table. So it was one that I already had built. Um, and I, I think I've told this story here before, but it was a seven foot by four foot dining table. Okay. But it was a beer table. Mm -hmm. So it had two troughs in the middle for ice. And I built it on sliding leaves so that it would close and just be a normal table. Right. But I did all the hardwood surface out of oak and pine 
biscuit jointed, all the design, all of that intricate design, did it all for the fun of it. Mm -hmm. I did a yearly project for my birthday. So, and it was a huge table. The only thing I did crappily was the legs. I just threw right. some legs just sort of <laughs> to get it out the door, right? And it only got used properly once. Only once, ever. And then it sat in the crappy living room of my trailer for years until I moved out. Mm -hmm. Or was kicked out, I should say. And so it went into my dad's shop uh, after... Well, the frame of it went into the shop, but the top of it ended up being out in the carport laying on the ground mm -hmm. and it warped a bit sure. so i said look i can't really rebuild this table i ended up tearing down all the two by four and uh, two by six structure reusing that to build the frame of the new table where i took the two halves of the top and cut a 36 inch round and then i built two separate small tables that could be latched together to be one like card table mm -hmm. now that still exists at my cousin's house nice because they took it out of my parents' house, um, to and uh, it, it's actually being used in its uh, secondary form of two separate small tables, mm -hmm. and that's what I have stuff set on in their in their uh, little. Oh, I'm sorry, that's not. Wait, whose house is that at? Okay, that's at her, that their mom's house. Mm. That's supposed to be theirs, but I'm not getting into that right now. Sure. So when I saw it on New Year's, I was like, oh, that's where that ended up. Because I gave it to them to refinish and sell. Mm -hmm. Because during the pandemic, her job went to shit. Right. Or my, my cousin's girlfriend, or now wife, uh, her, her, her job went to shit like everyone else's. And she had to do a side job. So she had a shop already in her mom's backyard. So she just started building stuff and threw Texas flavor at it. And it was called, uh, it's a Texas thing, y'all. Mm -hmm. was the business so she just built stuff so she took a lot of my old woodworking projects refinished them and sold them right and i got nothing for it mm -hmm. it was just get it out of my mom's garage right including two chairs that i made from my spare neon seats so i built a custom frame mm -hmm. measured off of the dimensions of my dad's recliner and built it so that the seat sliders would bolt to it so you could still slide the seat forward and back and lean it back mm -hmm. and built the whole frame and made in hard or didn't have hardwood for it but i broke down it was all made of uh pallets mm -hmm. so i did that i made benches from pallets from work a double wide and then a single wide so i had a love seat and a thing and we had those forever until the weather killed them yeah in fact uh, my aunt ended up with the small one when we moved out of our last apartment because we had nowhere to put it here which would have been useful on this balcony actually but mm -hmm. would have been really hard to get on the balcony <laughs> true because couldn't take the legs off of that thing because it's love seat sized, right? Um, but I learned all that out of necessity. I bought all the tools. Like I told you, it's like I've got like I offered my planer because I'm not doing anything with it. It's just right. sitting rotting at my parents' house. Right. So you know, whenever you get around to wanting to do the planing work, I can. Oh yeah. Well, well you have a vehicle to haul it in. We're I don't. getting there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you have a better vehicle for that. We'll put my dirty old planer in your uh, <laughs> in your in your Tesla. Well, the, the Tesla has a uh, tow hitch on it, so we'll just probably put it in the trailer. And I it ain't that big. Well, I mean, it's a cube. It's a, it's a, it's like a two by two cube. Okay. It's not huge. It's right. just, and it has, and I have a stand for it. So cool. make life so much easier. If I didn't buy that stand, I would suck. But I refinished all that, all that, uh, pallet wood, mm -hmm. like stripped them all down. And here's the crazy part. The best thing I've ever made. My mom just burned hmm. because she thought it was just un some unfinished crap. Right. And it was a writing desk that I was making. 
but it was the most beautiful wood I've ever seen. I have no idea to this day what that wood actually was. It was like this mix of like whitish gray and red bands rolling mm-hmm. through it. And it all came from a pallet that I grabbed from work for free. Hmm. And it looked like crap, like totally rough cut, all this other stuff. Ran it through the planer and I was like, I'm not even staining this. Yeah. I was like, I'm not taking the natural colors out of this. So I made a tabletop out of it and then I used the rest of the bits of that same palette to build the rest of the desk. I was just stuck at what to do about the legs. Mm. And that's where I got hung up. I had bought the drawers and everything like that. I cut the front face so that the drawer fronts were from the exact same wood as the rest of the front right. of the desk. And right. I did all that stuff. And I'd built the framework for the drawers and I just I was hung up at the point of how to attach them properly. Was I going to go with hardware or just go old school, like wood sliding on wood? Right. And that's where I stopped because that was just a one week project and I had to get back to work. Right. That's back when I took vacations, mm-hmm. you know, when I was still single. Remember those days? Well, I mean, we took a good vacation last year, but I'm still paying for it, technically speaking. I'm going on vacation for the first time in a long time. Uh, well, I say vacation. So this is. Um, this is the love of a father. I haven't taken a vacation in a very long time. I'm going on vacation to St. Louis. Oh, boy. But it's because uh, it's my daughter really wants to own a haunted house. And um, I support her in that uh, because I think it can really be a moneymaker. Well, I was going to say, as an attraction or like a just as a living? Oh, she probably <laughs> like, like specify a she haunted probably house. like both. Yeah. Um, no, as an attraction. Okay. And, uh, so wait, there's one for sale in St. Louis? No, no. She oh, wants, okay. No, no, no. Okay. So, so there's, there's something in St. Louis called Trans World, and not that kind of trans. Um, I don't know why it's called Trans World, but it's called Trans World. Uh, it's like the largest haunted house convention oh. in America. So all the people, like if someone owns a haunted house, they've been to Trans World. They've probably bought a lot of their props from vendors that go to Trans World. That makes sense. And it used to just be one convention in St. Louis, but it got big enough. Like now there's Trans World Chicago and Trans World Virginia and Trans World this, that. But St. Louis is the original. Okay. So it's the biggest one. So um, anyways, so I bought. That's the first time hearing of any of this. This Yeah. Well, I mean. A new world. Who would have thought? Yeah. Who's like looking into haunted house conventions? Um. Who knew that was a thing uh, up until ha- now? Haunt attraction conventions. Well, I mean, they got to market all their stuff and sell it somewhere. I just like, thought it was weirdos handing stuff down to weirdos. No, yeah. it's. Um, I mean, well, so did you ever... Uh, what's the name of that show? Um, Distortions Unlimited is a company who had a TV show on, I want to say, the Learning Channel back in the day. Okay. And I don't remember what the name of the show was. Mon- uh, making monsters. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Making monsters. It was a really fun show, just about how they make scary props and yeah. how they make uh, animatronics and stuff like yeah. that. And the guy's name is Ed, and Ed um, is this Ed, who's actually a Christian dude. Um, yeah, and he's he's really really funny Cause guy. Just because you make cool monster things doesn't, doesn't mean you're not exactly. a Christian. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I mean, so so, anyways, he uh, he really I think is was very influential on because I really liked watching that show because I'm super interested in all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And my daughter would watch it with us and I think she just kind of fell in love with that. And so ever since she's been kind of down this pathway of she started liking scary movies and then she wanted to go all the haunted attractions she could go to. And well, when we moved to Indiana, it was on, it's always been on my bucket list to work at a haunted house, Um, you know, that you go to in October or September and they jump out. I wanted to be a scare actor. I just thought it would be a fun like I'll do it one season of my life. Yeah. Um, and so we moved there. I 
was very much in the same position I'm in or that I was recently in, which is that I'm trying to plant the church, but I'm not pulling a paycheck. And so this was a way I could go knock something off my bucket list and make a little money for my family. Yeah. So, um, so I go and I do that. I had a blast doing it. It was definitely something I only needed to do for one season. I, I helped him out like the second and third year. Okay. Um, but not full time, but the first one I was there the whole season. And, um, and I was a, uh, I wasn't just like a jump out and say boo actor. His house told a story. The guy we worked yeah. for, his house told a story. And so they had speaking roles and they weren't like lines that you learned per se. It was just, this is, this is the story you're trying to convey to these people that are coming through. Yeah. This is your character. This is who you are. And this is what you're setting them up for and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I was a priest, oddly enough. Um, I was a priest whose wife had died. So obviously not a Catholic priest, but I was a priest whose wife, it's fine. whose wife had died. And, um, like if I remember correctly, it was something like he went crazy when his wife died. So he was like trying to collect souls to get enough energy to like re-energize her corpse and bring her back or something. And I've so read five nights of Freddy's. I don't know how this yeah. works. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> So I got that role it's and it was, and it was, it was a lot of fun and, um, it was kind of cool because like I'd speak in Latin to people that like they were coming in and I'd like say stuff to them in Latin and they thought, you know, and I'd kind of like try and make it like sound like it was this really demonic thing that I was doing. And what I was actually doing was quoting John three, John three sixteen in Latin. <laughs> um, uh, but they didn't know that. Um, super convincing. Yeah. Super convincing. So anyways, uh, I had a lot of fun doing that, but she worked with me that year. Yeah. Um, even though she was underage, but it would, it didn't matter because like it's considered an acting job. Yeah. So like the rules are different about if someone's getting paid to act, then, yeah. then you can. So she loved it. She went back and did it for three years. No kidding. His first year, this the, the first year we worked there was the first year that this guy had set this up. He did it outdoors. It was plywood and paint yeah. and whatever crap he could find to throw in it and, and, and actors telling a story. And it was really good. Um, he broke even the first year. He sunk $50,000 into it. He broke Jeez. even. The second year, um, he made a really good profit. The third year, he made an even better profit. And the fourth year, he had enough money to go buy 30 acres and start, and build, actually really and start building like basically a haunt park. Excuse me. That's how much we, money he I mean, made we, that quickly. We have that here, but it's not that cool as far as, far as I went to the haunt park that was like, like down in Scream South, like towards South. Yeah, not yeah. great. No, that's what I'm saying. It's not great, but it's like but always packed. marketed. Yeah, but packed. You know, so, you know why? You know what happened? I don't. Astroworld closed. Oh, uh, because Astroworld did uh, what was I called it? Uh, Halloween frights or something mm -hmm. like that, and it was the whole season. But of course, once you've ramped it up to that, I mean, the whole park became one giant yeah. haunted house. Right. Not to mention one small attraction that was literally. Right. Because I remember the couple of years we went, Fright Fest. Mm -hmm. Fright Fest. That's what it was called. Because they were, that was back when they were Six Flags. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Astro Six Flags was always Six Flags, yeah. Astro World was Astro World, and then they got bought out by Six oh, Flags, but they were Flags. still called. So Six in Flags my mind, it was they didn't change. They didn't change the name. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. still Six Flags Astro Okay. World. I always just knew it associated. Okay. So when we went, uh, the two years we went before, we, for some reason we stopped, I don't even know. I remember my cousin, we all split up, right? So I was mm -hmm. the younger group. My older cousins went with their friends to the actual like haunted house part. And it was supposed to be like a haunted circus. And they came out of it, and we met up like a little bit after the fact. And she says, 
she's she's like really distraught and her friends are laughing at her mm-hmm. and we're like what what happened and she's like this clown jumped out at me and grabbed me so I punched him in the balls <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and like mind you she's like 14 mm-hmm. and I'm like 8 mm-hmm. you know it's like it's hilarious and mind you like I wasn't doing anything with like rides right like I didn't ride roller coasters or anything back then it took a long time of going to Astroworld to finally get me on any kind of roller coaster mm-hmm. And it was going with them because my parents weren't going. Right. You know, unfortunately, I was you know born to an older generation that was right. done living life, basically. Oop, my camera just shut off. Oh, it says I have 12 minutes left. Okay. okay. Well, That's I guess fine. we have 12 minutes to wrap it up. Well, I got 12 but minutes yeah, of footage. So, so it was yeah, it's like $60 a ticket okay, to go okay. down to this to the one you're talking about, Screen Park. Yeah. And Screen we went, World. We yeah. went, Screen World. We went down there. And it's absolutely packed. Like we were waiting three hours to get, you know, I think they had five or six different attractions. Yeah. And we're waiting like three hours for the longest one. And like, we didn't even get to go to all of them because the lines were so long. And well, I'm like, I might have and there's definitely, call. that might've been what happened. That could have been it. Yeah. There, and I'm like, there, well, there's definitely money to be made. I mean, obviously people, oh, yeah. are, people are into this kind of well, stuff. You know, what's funny is you brought all that up and you said it was funny that you played a priest or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, a lot of the better like haunted attractions up here that I went to in mm-hmm. my teenage to early twenties were all put on by churches. Oh God, not for money, things. but for money. But like it was yeah. a thing. It was like it was. What did they call? They called them hell houses, something like that. But I mean, like there. But the yeah, better ones those. were. I mean, they were put on by like the youth groups and right. stuff. They were the actors because I had friends who went to other churches that did that, and we went to one, and I was like, <laughs> it was actually fun. I was like, no, they are fun. They are fun. They're just so super cringy. <laughs> oh, well, they are. But it's. <laughs> I not, remember going no, to one in college. Trunk or treat is cringy. I like trunk or treat. Uh, you're not, you're, you're not helping your case. <laughs> yeah, I like trunk or treat. Um, I like trick or treat better, but trunk or treat's yeah. good because because it's all in one place. Okay, um, for convenience, yes. For cringiness, the, of, so of when my wife when experience. my wife and I met and we went to that Bible college in mm-hmm. Springfield, um, they had a hell house and we went to not the college. God, the college would not have condoned have such a thing. Um, but but some some local church was putting on a hell house and we went there and um the only thing i remember about it i mean the whole thing was cringe like the whole thing i'm going through there and i'm like oh my gosh um but the one that i remember the most like smashing pumpkins was a real big thing at the time and i was, a I was gonna say this is like 92 uh 98 oh okay way later okay so yeah so but i think like melancholy and infinite sadness had just come out recently and um anyways oh, i underestimated when that came out so they um well, I say recently, it was probably like two or three years before that. But anyhow, um, I just remember like going into a room and there's a girl who's acting very poorly about how sad she is and how depressed she is. And, oh, I just can't take it anymore. And she puts a gun in her mouth and yeah. pulls the trigger. And there was actually a very cool special effect. Actually, like a that that squib. like something. Yeah, something happened. And like yeah. you just saw this blood splat onto the wall behind her and wow. she falls over and whatever. And I, so the effect actually was very cool. That's and a, I liked that's effort. I liked that part. Yeah. But then like this, there was a narrator who like narrates the whole story as you're going in. And the narrator comes on and he's like, when you don't have Jesus in your life. Oh, okay. Yeah. If they go there, I agree. All your rage, you're still just a rat in a cage. Oh my God. And I was just like, no, no, why did you do that? Like it was so good without that. So, so anyways. I think, but I did want to before we go, because we'll we'll wrap it up here. I did want to bring this up. I'm gonna so sorry to the patrons who lost lost camera footage of my lovely face well you still got to look at me the whole time yeah so. they can see you um You're still just looking at me now i have to 
like a rat in a cage. I have to carry the handsomeness for both of us. Only for the patrons. So that's only for the patrons. So the last episode, episode 80, I had Mike on and we, we talked about going very deep just real quick here at the end. Um, we talked about how in a twist of a twist of logic, suicide has become healthcare. Mm-hmm. In this country, it's beginning, but in Canada, it's already right, it's already there. Well, way into a head start. Netherlands, Sweden, all that. That's right. way overboard. True. Sure. So I asked for comments. Didn't get any on the actual episode on YouTube or anything else like that. And I haven't checked other streaming services. I probably should. But on on Patreon, mm-hmm. Patreon, we definitely got a comment. And I said specifically to one of my patrons who works in the healthcare industry, I really want to hear your thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. So, this is a shout out to Laura. So this is this is a uh, this is her comment on it. So she said, "I never wanted to be a part of a conversation more. I have a lot of thoughts on euthanasia. It's a slippery slope, especially if it's controlled by government socialized medicine. Mm-hmm. Put societal." Uh, decline of mental health and the destructive nature of social media together and you can end up with assisted suicide as the next pressurized trend. I mean, same thing like physically transitioning your young child. Mm-hmm. So, and that was something we talked about in the episode is like we're doing all this stuff to deeply affect our young children, whether that's starting them on hormones that mm-hmm. greatly affect their emotions and their, their thinking yeah. and then also giving them physical treatments later that will permanently damage their bodies and then that will lead to more than likely thoughts and efforts of suicide right which they've now suddenly decided that that's perfectly that's okay, okay for teenagers right. to do especially in canada well they haven't it's not legal but they've been trying to push it through so she continues don't even get me started on the possible ramifications of community I su- support. Already, Iceland is a country with Downs- without Down syndrome because the abortion of genetically imperfect fetuses is encouraged in the norm. That's mm-hmm. true. They've completely yes. wiped out Down syndrome there entirely for that reason. And that's called, um, we, have, we have a fun word for that. Yeah. You know, not just genocide. Well, I would just say sucks to be them. Like, have you ever met somebody with Down syndrome? Like, yeah. they're, they're, the best, they're the best people to be around. Yeah. I mean, Shane Gillis has made a whole uh, career of it. <laughs> oh, that's true. He doesn't have downs, but people think he does. <laughs> that's the problem. Did you see the Netflix cover for yes. his special? I was like, oh, who's this guy? Dude, watch, watch, watch his, watch his go, special buddy. I'm proud on YouTube. Of you. Watch his live in Austin on YouTube. It's pretty good. Um, that's where he really starts the Trump impression, too. But he said, I could go on, but it's too much to write. I'm always open to intelligent conversation or debate. Well, I'm glad you came here for that, Laura, because nobody else does. Um, but, like, she was really, like, amped up. And, like, if I can, I'll, I'll try to get her live on a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's got a very, very busy schedule. But it, it, it meant a lot for somebody. And then Jessica, actually, you know, I had this conversation. And, God, I wish I could get her to record something. Because we talked about it, too. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about all the major kind of topics, sure. you know. Because like she keep the funny thing is like I assume that she doesn't keep up with things because I know what I do to keep up with any of this type of news, mm-hmm. and then like I never know what it is she's doing to keep up with it, right. you know, in the same fashion. And so when we can have have a conversation like deep about that and like politics and stuff like that, and either even if I don't have to explain something to her, which is always always good to not have to mansplain. Um, it's great, but then like whenever she has her own knowledge of, of like the inside factor of it for being in the medical field is mm-hmm. is a big deal, you know. 
So, yeah, that was just a deep conversation that we had. Uh, because with what's going on with Sean's family, um, there may or may not have been someone who came in the room and may or may not have made any suggestions. Mm-hmm. And that's here in Texas. You know, I can't confirm or deny anything along those lines, but I would see that it might have been a reality. Mm-hmm. You know, Mike, who lives in Canada, it's an obvious reality. Right. Even in Alberta, you know, the 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 uh, most conservative chunk of Canada that there is, you know, you know, they're doing everything they can to not be like the rest of Canada and the rest of Canada is trying to drag them along. You know, right. they, when Mike says that they are the Texas of Canada, they mean it. You know, it's like we're dealing with so much crap down here. It's just like in general, we're dealing with so much crap. And then we got everybody attacking us for having to deal with it. Right. It's annoying. You know, it's in a, in a, in a weird way. It's a lot like trying to be a Christian in the modern world. Right. Try to have morals, try to have character and stand up and do the right thing. Right. And then everyone bullies and attacks you for it. No matter, especially if you're making any progress. Right. It's a, it's a hard way to look at it on a, on a macro scale. But, uh, when it comes to that that stuff, like with suicide, as somebody who was suicidal at one point and every now and then thinks about it, um, it's just like, I couldn't imagine what it'd be like to have someone actually pressuring me, mm-hmm. let alone a government official or a doctor. It's like, where would I be if I told my doctor I was depressed and they said, well, we can deal you, with that. You don't have to be here. Yeah, we, you could literally just die mm-hmm. and be like, oh, are there other options? You could try Ozempic. Oh. <laughs> it makes it more expensive. I'd rather die. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm not getting into the Olympic topic right now. All I know is I see the effects it's having on my wife. But mm. she is finally down a few pounds. There you go. Signi- I think since she started, she's down like 10 pounds. Yeah. So, good. But horrible, horrible side effects along the way. So, I think they're sure they're somewhat short-lived is what I've heard. Like I know that initially they're supposed to be like pretty intense and then they get a lot less. The side effects, yes. Yeah. But it, the, some of the side effects are things that can be dealt with. Mm-hmm. The other one, like the headaches and stuff, have, have uh, minimized. Yeah. But her lack of energy and stuff like that bother uh, worries me mm-hmm. because, like, she normally has energy to want to do things, and now she has no energy to do things. Mm-hmm. So, and combine that with an antidepressant and everything else like that, I'm worried about what any side effects might be happening. True. Yeah. So, uh, because she has been, um, ex- she has expressed thoughts of suicide mm-hmm. in the last couple of years. Right. To a very significant degree. She even told me that one time she did cut herself. Uh, not anywhere vital, but she did it on purpose. Right. And so I was like, okay, you need help. Mm-hmm. And more than I can give you. Also, we're going to start going to church. <laughs> it's like, it like we were already dabbling with the idea. I was like, let's, uh, let's explore this idea a little bit more. So it's not just because we were lonely and needed friends. Right. You know, that's, we were both. Well, lonely. because that's not all it's for. I mean. No, but that's why I came to men's yeah. group in the first place. Right. Was, yeah, I mean, you told me. Yeah, lonely, needed friends. And then I found, like, Greg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and you. Yeah. And Charlie. Greg's great. Greg is great. Uh, actually uh, tried to put him in touch with Sean this morning about trying oh, to deal yeah. with his mom's uh, insurance problems. Yeah. So hopefully that can he can be of any use to them because that is a horrible situation. So feel bad about that and Sean's doing the best he can to get through that on top mm-hmm. of the other stressful crap. I mm-hmm. wish he was here to talk about it because uh, I know he needs to vent. He doesn't. And the funny thing is that the, he's, he's in, in the way of being a man that's like, I will deal with my stuff the way I deal with my stuff. Mm-hmm. Don't bother me. Right. But then he spills his guts to me mm-hmm. about everything that he feels and he's dealing with. I'm like, I mean, it'd be cool if you were here to talk with me. I mean, he lives about seven hours away, unfortunately. Right. So hopefully I'll get up there to meet his ass one day. Sean, we're always thinking about you, buddy. 
So he was one of my original co-hosts. Okay. Yeah, so Sean and Mike were my original co-hosts. Which, by the way, guys, I am shopping for new co-hosts. Unfortunately, James can't manage that. He's got a church to run. Um, and his own podcast to get off the ground at some point. One of these days. At some point, which I will be helping him with to, to manage that. So, But I am I will have a new guest auditioning on Monday. Uh, should be pretty good. He should fit the should fit the bill pretty good, because he's he's a nerd. He definitely can hold a conversation, and he likes to drink. So there you go. But unfortunately, he has to work after <laughs> the podcast. Yeah, because he goes to work at midnight. Mm. Crazy. Can't even, I, don't, I don't do overnight jobs. So either way, um, but thanks for coming to visit, James. No problem. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Definitely learned learned a lot more. Now I want to look more into this uh, haunted house con, as it were. Yeah, because that is that's. I mean, I, as, as a concept, I'm like, what? That's a thing we do? Mm-hmm. So either way, um, is there anywhere that people could, like, follow you on anything? Is there any particular socials that people should maybe look into? Um, right now, I'm going to say no. Uh, I'm, not, lean, I'm leaning not really. a very particular direction. Well, okay, well, I'm blanking out. I'm, I'm not I'm talking I'm not about picking the up the real life ministries. So, yeah. So, yeah, I'm still the answer is still not now, but yes, um, it's on the way. So yeah. uh, in case anybody is ever listening to this, uh, not as soon as it comes out, if you go to reallifeconroe.org, that is our web address. And um, follow us on Facebook. You can, yeah, uh, you can easily find us on Facebook. If you type in Real Life Ministries Conroe, um, if you're a dude and you're close to live close to Conroe, um, you can look up Real Life Men Conroe and it's kind of how you know us all us guys connect yep um but yeah so there's there's a lot of things that are right around the corner they'll be up and running before easter which is still a month and a half away but um, yeah that's crazy yeah they'll but they'll be up and running before then and uh they're 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 almost up and running now so it's uh yeah yeah and you got like a digital like social media type person now that's putting we do together so she's phenomenal yes so they're kicking butt i definitely look forward to Seeing more of that in the future as well. Yep. Um, and there's places at least where you can see real life Tomball if you want to have a yeah. different, you know, the yeah, sending you, church. Yeah. Reallifetexas.org. Uh, they're already established. They got tons of sermons. Uh, that's my pastor. And yeah. um, yeah, see, I didn't even know there, there was like the whole video format of, of the the sermons and stuff. So yeah, I mean, yeah you can go. Uh, they out. have they have they also have an app. Uh, and and as will we. So yeah. if if our website's up, our app is up. So it'll. Yeah. That'll all happen in the next few weeks. Um, you can look on your app store for Real Life Ministries Conroe, and our sermons will be on there. Uh, if you like the sound of my voice, I don't know why you would. Uh, you can hear it more there and probably in a little more animated fashion because I tend to get a little animated when I speak. He does. He moves his hand around a lot. So He's been very antsy <laughs> sitting here trying not to play with anything. Yeah, exactly. So, so next but time I, I, I have been. So I've I, got, I uh, I've got the sand. For, so, okay, first of all, I know we're about to wrap up, but I do have to say I'm a Chiefs fan, and the Chiefs just won the Super Bowl. Yes, yeah, so so we didn't go even Chiefs. go there. No, we didn't go Ta- there. Taylor we could have, the we could have talked about Taylor for another hour, and we didn't do it. No, i got to um, wait for Dante to talk about Taylor because he's the number one Taylor Swift fan. Which, by the way, I will say happy birthday to Dante. It was his birthday on Wednesday. Happy birthday, Dante. Yeah, so, and I and I've made sure to send him a yeah, Taylor Swift. Dante probably knows all about Transworld. <laughs> I can't imagine he doesn't. I mean, I don't know how much he's into haunted houses versus just horror stuff. Even if you're into horror movies, I'll you, ask probably, him next time I talk. you probably know about Transworld if you're into horror He'll movies. probably say, no, what the fuck is that? Okay, well. More than likely. Then, then you should. But I will check. He'll I probably will. enjoy it. So anyways, I have a sand fruit 
It's a yeah. It's it's like a it's like a plastic fruit that's full of sand. That's essentially a oh, stress toy. I thought it was a fruit I'd never heard of. Sand fruit. Oh, it's delicious. Sounds like a thing. You gotta try it? it. It does. Sounds like something from Star Wars. Sounds grainy. Like yeah, we raised on sand fruit. Um, <laughs> or it's in Dune. But yeah, Dune no. too coming soon. But yeah, so I was just watching the whole Super Bowl, like squeezing this sand fruit, and my. <laughs> my, Did the first half you get would have mm. well my son called me after because he was he was visiting some friends out in Sealy and he didn't get to be there for the Super Bowl and he and he called me he's like dad were you clinching your butt cheeks the whole time I said no son I was squeezing my banana and he thought that was pretty funny yeah. so and then I sent him a picture of me squeezing the banana and he thought it was even more funny because he didn't know that it, it wasn't a metaphor I was literally doing that I forgot so, to, I didn't have it up in time or I would have been yeah, yeah I missed it so me edit that back in there <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like. I kind of like it that late. That that's the sort of uh, response it deserved. Yeah. So, anyways, but yeah, um, I should. If I come here again, I'll have to. I'll have to bring that. Yeah, bring your banana to I'll squeeze. Have to bring my banana, and then you'll have seen both my Balrog and my banana. And on that note, <laughs> like and subscribe to all the things, guys. Sorry, I know we've had a bit of a break once again co-host shop shopping it is what it is uh dante will be back at some point but he is so busy trying to get all of his podcasts together it's nuts we actually didn't even get to record when we were supposed to record last week so gonna have to get back to the pope's exorcist sometime soon which if you haven't seen that it's a pretty fun movie um also guys you know once again if you want to write into the email with comments questions whatever you can do so now you made it awkward mail at gmail.com um it's in the description. You can copy and paste it. You don't have to try to spell it or whatever. It is what it is. Or just leave a comment on this video, wherever it is. But also, if you're listening on any other podcast apps, go ahead and rate it. You know, let them know that we're doing anything worth a damn. Because who knows? You know, I know it sucks. No, having a, a lack of a schedule does suck. So hopefully we'll get back at least somebody in, in the day. I know Mike wanted to come back two weeks ago to do the follow-up for eighty. You know, that, it's like it's like we just again did not get a chance to. He was so busy. The only thing that sucks about having an internet podcast is finding your finding time for your host to come on. If only yeah. we didn't have people in the world to deal with. Yeah, it's so much better when we were all on the internet. We didn't have to see each other face to face ever. But actually, being able to sit down, even though there was a big hiccup right at the beginning, you know, it was fun being able to sit down and finally actually, you know, hang out with you. Yeah. But next time we'll either uh, do this again or we will definitely go play games. Sounds good. Because I definitely want to go do the game preserve. Yeah. Because I've always wanted to go there. We'll do it. And I'll see if my buddy Anthony is off because he also has a, 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 a membership. So, cool. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. And remember, not remember as always, it's, it's I cross over my, my channels all the time when I do that. Mm. So, so, and with that, okay, bye. Okay, bye. There you go. Do the funny voice. Rolling up over black Cadillac High heel boots and a sexy body full of tats